All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring Second Edition tonight. We are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign, uh, though we were just talking about translating it to a sitcom style since we're at Floyd's home and doing like a full house style opening or something like that where everyone's caught in the middle of some strange situation then turns and looks at the camera. So I think that's what they're going to do when you introduce your characters. You have to come up with what would your sitcom opening be for your particular character. And then the other thing we were talking about ahead of time is before Steven got on, but I was talking about the numbers. Like this is episode 26. Each episode is roughly like, I don't know, two and a half hours long. So we've got mm-hmm. like over 60 something hours worth of Lord of the Rings, like one ring content. I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> like the, the tree, like, like if you think of, if you think of the, the, tr- the original trio of movies, like it's what, like 10, 12 hours, something like that. And then with the, the extended, trio, it's 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the Hobbit stuff, that's like another eight or nine or whatever. That's yeah. still only 21. So basically we're three <laughs> times as good as those professionally made movies. Right. 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 It's still right. only a quarter of the time it takes to read the book though. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. And we a, haven't and quite a, reached the, the time description to read of trees. Movies. I'm going to start <laughs> assigning there. you all textbook homework to read entries from the Silmarillion. Uh, Ooh. We're going to take quizzes and stuff on it too. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Oh, it's wonderful. I, ha- I had my copy. Oh, there it is on the ground. Oh no, it's not. That's the that's the what's that? That's Return of the King. I still got my Silmarillion copy sitting right over here. This old, well-worn, broken <laughs> spine. You can tell I've actually read it. Good times. Uh, and it's really it's like the really small font stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like big font. It's like really tiny font. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Are we going to get the really inane questions like what color socks did Glorfindel right. wear? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trick question. Glorfindel didn't wear socks. What's wrong <laughs> with you? You don't wear socks. Uh, oh, man. Glorfindel. There's some great names. Glorfindel, Fingolfin. I love some of those like old school names. And yet we get like, I don't know, all the ones that we get in the modern era. It's like Legolas. Arwen. Okay, let's go back to the cl- like really clunky ones. I like those. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, that was that was my rant for no reason in particular, other than it's extraordinarily hot here and my mind's not working. So let's introduce <laughs> characters. Uh, let's start with old uh, old Floy, uh, who's been the star of the show this adventuring phase. Uh, so what's going on with Floy there, Long? Yes, resident dwarf treasure hunter, youngest of twelve. I've been. First, I get a flaw grasping with my treasure hunter dragon sickness shadow path. Uh, pretty much going for treasure above all else. Pretty much. I see myself as fine, but the others, there's like a darkness in me they want to get rid of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you have tw- So you have 11 brothers and sisters and you're the youngest, you said, right? That's right. Okay. Do you have a general idea of like where all your siblings are? Are they all here or do anyone do any go anywhere else in Middle Earth or anything? Yeah, a couple of them are in the mines, maybe a couple head across the lands, a little okay. traveling, little merchants. All right. Okay. All right. I dig that. I dig that. You'll have to give me a list of your your siblings who may be off in the world. So maybe we'll encounter them at some point someday. Or their their bodies, uh, something like that. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> they Sorry. all stay here. I still Jeff. got mothership on the <laughs> last night. My bad. 
They're oh, living bodies. They are still alive. Yeah, right. they were sleeping. Right. I, did I not make that clear? It's my bad. <laughs> uh, okay, that's Floyd. Uh, and uh, next up, we've got uh, Floyd's biographer. Uh, we got Gilly. Uh, Ashley, tell us about Gilly. Uh, I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass. She is our scholar of the group. And um, she's never really found without her journal that she obsessively writes in. Yeah, she's kind of in hog heaven right now because we had a previous joke where um, <laughs> when we saw the, what was it, the thing called the nameless thing? And what did everybody see under the water? Well, Gilly saw the Fabio of dwarves. So she's on the hunt. Um, and yeah, that's really, that's really about it. She's very concerned about Floy uh, in the overall cohesion of the group because everything's kind of like testy right now. And and it's it's not really vibing. It's not really vibing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Where would we say when when did when do we think like things started going bad? Was it was it when you guys were going and looking for the elf stuff? Like with the 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 where Mindir's uh what's it called? The uh the attack happened? Or was did it start going south sooner than that? Like did it start going it south? Was- yeah, yeah, sooner. Like when we got to the village at the events. On our way like, to Escardale. Okay. Was when it slowly started to shift. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say Mendir was like the point of no return. Sure. Yeah. That's that that kind of really made it less of a we're talking behind people's backs about it and now it's like out in the open. Like something's up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like the Escardale trip, like that didn't that that happened like post uh post our Yule fellowship phase. Yeah. I, I thought that was more like high optimist when we left that. I think it was after the journey was because it? yeah, because we killed Rotag and then we got a nice Yule fellowship. So we're like, oh yeah, yeah. we're we're awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it was after that, after that, you went to Eskerdale. Yeah, I pretty much got messed up by chaos. Yeah. I'm wondering if like if anything went down, why Floyd came home? If like there like if you snapped at any year your siblings, your family members, your other folks that are in the halls through any other incidents, maybe of this curious. I should have thought mm-hmm. about that before we started. All right. Time out. Uh, I'm going to take a 10 minute break. <laughs> <laughs> Steps out a few ideas. And then, uh, all right. And then uh, let's go bottom row. We've got, uh, we've got our resident ranger, uh, a renial. Tell us about a renial, Melissa. Uh, so a renial is our, uh, ranger champion. Um, I was, I was going to say, because one of the things that she, she did upon kind of our arrival is she had done a little bit of hunting um, because that's something that she's good at. And so she, you know, kind of brought in some, some hairs uh, to give to Floyd's mom for cooking for us being here. So I think that's kind of what she's, you know, kind of hunter and gatherer type, go out, kind of get some things to contribute to food while we're kind of hanging out for a long time. So that's what have been her sort of freeze frame. She's out like in the hunting she's she's dressing a kill <laughs> yeah turns yeah, around like covered in like i don't know deer viscera or something yeah but she's contributing to the uh her or she does like a hostesses across her forehead and leaves a little bit it's of like smudge blood. behind yeah yep <laughs> yep yep that that is it she is uh, tilts the head to the side <laughs> you got me all right it's good if I had any like uh, editing experience, if I was any good at this kind of stuff, I would uh, I would put together like a opening <laughs> like that. That'd be great, and then we'd lose everyone who actually likes the show. Uh, and then <laughs> finally, uh, 
<laughs> Finally, we have Erebon, uh, our cheerful elf. Uh, tell us about Erebon, Stephen. Uh, I am playing Erebon, Child of Eru, Exile of Linden, Warden of Eriador, and Drinker of Water. Yay! Uh, added that for Melissa. Uh, he's a very sad, lonely elf, but he's uh, trying to get better. You know, we're, we're always improving. Uh, and I think his uh, sitcom moment would be uh, he just tries to find a table to himself with a glass of water. And then immediately there are like 13 or 14 other dwarves that sit down around him and just start drinking and being raucous and just shrug. And it's like, it's like a corner booth and you're right in the corner and like, there's no, yeah, yeah. Out, right. <laughs> I'm trapped. That's perfect. You're just slowly like sinking under the table as you try to, <laughs> like, to have a good time. Get out. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we get started then? I guess it's time. Uh, let's hit some summary stuff. Uh, so last time we started off on the western banks of the River Loon after you all had separated from the Escardalians who were going south to, to the Grey Havens, delivering Mandir to the Elvish people. Uh, and you, the first thing that happened on your journey as you were heading west is that you found this kind of strange ruined stone stair in the middle of this this wooded area, and it was kind of traveling up to nothing. It didn't connect to any sort of building. You looked around a bit. There were these scavenger birds that were roosted atop it. And I think that's when Arineal and Erebon were able to kind of retrieve this leather sack that had some silver goods in it. Um, nearby, Gillian Floyd found a dwarf that uh, had been killed uh, by goblin arrows. Uh, and I think it was Floyd who retrieved this knotted pendant from the body uh, before you all spent some time, I think, to, to burn the body. Uh, in the foothills, a couple days later of the Blue Mountains, Erebon, you had an interesting moment where you discovered an entrance to what turned out to be an unmarked tomb, and your eyes were kind of playing tricks with you a little bit. Uh, maybe they weren't, maybe they were. Inside, uh, there were different sarcophagi. Uh, there were, most of them were like dwarven size, but there was one that looked to be a little bit bigger uh, and had elvish runes on it, and it kind of gave you a hint as to po possibly the name of who might be lying in here. You left those bodies undisturbed. You, you you departed the tomb. You took Floyd's carving tools and you made sure that tomb was no longer unmarked. And so you kind of put the name of of who was uh, of who was buried there, at least the Elvish name. You didn't actually put the dwarf name. Um, outside the halls of uh, of Floyd's dwarven home, we're in the Blue Mountains now. We finished our journey. You could saw you saw that there were scattered trade between all sorts of different dwarven clans and merchants and such. Uh, and uh, Floyd led you all to his family's halls. And there, it's, you, you met his mother, who looked... Uh, uh, we are playing it uh, so that the dwarven, uh, the dwarven women are indistinguishable from dwarven men, unless you are, in fact, a dwarf. And so, But she was a very lovely woman, very friendly. We learned that Floyd was the youngest of 12. Uh, she gave you food and, and beer and all sorts of water for Erebon. Uh, and you also encountered your uh, your patron, Balin, from who who Erebon actually hasn't even met. Uh, now you got a little a couple updates. Balin had been looking to try to speak with his wizard friend Gandalf, but hasn't been able to find him. Though he does have a leave for the summer, uh, but he was able to also notify King Dane of, uh, of Erebor, and King Dane agreed to send some sort of dwarven scouts towards Mount Gundabad to kind of look into the that war band that Rotag was amassing, seeing if any of them made it to to Gundabad, uh, something like that. Uh, Balin also gave you guys a rumor uh, about the uh, about an, an, a human king uh, of old, uh, someone 
uh, the king of Arthedain. Uh, so one of the sort of three kingdoms that eventually Arnor like kind of broke off into and then eventually was reunited, uh, sort of. Um, but the this king sort of the rumor was that they fled into the the Blue Mountains during the invasion of Angmar um, and they were pursued by some sort of creature from Angmar itself. And they were rumored to have left a bunch of treasure uh, in those dwarven caves in the vaults to the north near the ice bay of Forashell. And uh, and so that was like something you could potentially go look into at some point since Lottie has been moving around trying to collect all these different artifacts of Arnor and Arthedain and Cardolan and whatnot. So uh, the other thing you all were, were interested in is trying to get a lore master because something's going on with Floy. Uh, I think everyone kind of knows that uh, every every part, every group you meet and have conversations with, they, they mention seeing horrible dreams and images and visions that often involve Floy or involve dwarf and elvish violence towards one another. Uh, and you've got a lead that on the south side of, of the Blue Mountains, there is a lore master by the name of Hajolan. Uh, who is apparently obsessed with like rune carving and other dwarvish histories uh, from the elder days. He's known to be a little bit of eccentric, hard to kind of locate sometimes, but he's, he's, he's from the dwarven halls of Harmelt and uh, he might be able to give you a hand into like what's going on. Cause a lot of this started, uh, you know, started, I think post uh, post acquisition of the, of the mithril chain shirt and stuff, which I think everyone's suspicious of, especially mm-hmm. since one of the, uh, one of the Rudowan clans uh, was wearing something similar. So fairly thorough. And I think we're going to go ahead and start up. So what have I, so I think we're staying here for a couple days, right? You said you all want to do a prolonged rest here, get a little yeah. breather three days or so. We were hanging out. Okay. So let me yeah. ask you really brief. Uh, what are your characters doing over the course of these three days to, to rest and recuperate? Not a full fellowship phase, just like a, a sentence or two or a little brief description of something you're doing over these days. Gilly has been reading whatever they'll let me read. Um, and she's been uh, telling her stories that she has uh, scribed about Floy to get, um, as Floy's mom would say, it was properly put a, uh, appreciated. I, I, I assume like uh, chiseled into walls or something. I think is. Wait, I'm sorry. What? So you know how Floyd's mom was saying that just the f- stories of Floyd's in my book weren't good enough. Right. Like she said, it should be properly documented. Right. So like, there's large, like these big old tomes and things that they have. They they, okay, they okay. actually have. I thought they had. You know, no, I thought they also had like cool like. Well, they do that uh, too. They they yeah. they do that too. But usually, yeah, like. Like it's less Real about, Got it. yeah, like, like, the, no, they, they have books. Dwarves have books. No, I know they have books. Yeah. Yeah. I was just okay. assuming she meant better than just books. Okay. So you want to try to like dig into whatever lore you can get. So, okay. So yeah. So probably yeah. Floyd gives you a hookup with somebody around here or Balan kind of you know, speaks for you on their behalf. Cause otherwise they're not really too keen on lending dwarf history out to to outsiders, uh, but considering yeah. who you come come from, and considering the the voices of some of these well known dwarves are uh, are speaking on your behalf, um, you do get you do get to tap into a few things here and there. Um, most of it is not the most heroic, uh, and it seems to actually be far more economic 
and it kind of details the history of this particular house of dwarves uh, and has they like established their their halls here, why they established here in the Eridluin, like where like they have their mines, like various uh, income. And it's like, again, not very heroic, but very economic. You, okay. you know, you can tell that you can tell that Floyd's family is actually decently well off, not, you know, not outrageously so, uh, but for for the families that remain in the Blue Mountains, they're probably more of the well-off or more of the, the more well-respected of uh, families that remain here. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Uh, what else is everyone doing during your little prolonged rest here? I think Erebon might actually be uh, study buddies with Gilly on this. Uh, he would be trying to catch up on some lore that he might have missed over the past thousand years. Mm. Uh specifically any sort of interactions the dwarves have had with elves. Uh, sure, roll a lore test, actually, since you're looking for something specific. Gandalf. Great success. Oh, look at that. Uh, so that's where he's been. He's been trapped in these dice. Uh, you would know... Um, that the Blue Mountain Dwarves do actually have some interaction uh, with the Elves of Linden, your very people. Uh, and you know that there is some trade that still transpires uh, between um, these halls themselves, actually. Floyd's, probably some of Floyd's traitor brothers and, and, and such, um, cousins and whatnot. Uh, you know that they do have some dealings with the the folks of Mithlond and, and Grey Havens and have tried to establish some relationships with Forlond and whatnot. Um, it's more of like a it's not the most friendly, it's not but it's very business like. Like there's these are just we're exchanging it's very transactional as opposed to allies of any specific sort. Right. Uh, but there's yeah, there does seem to be connection between them. Alright. Um, Floy or Arineal, what have you been doing over your couple of days of rest? Probably meet up with Jetty at the vault. Speak okay. with, catch up with the Eloy's. I mean, his work. Okay. All right. Um, so you speak with Eloy, your 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 friend, uh, who we've seen before, who has been. Uh, he'll tell you like. That he has been experimenting with trying to do this sort of rune carving, rune engraving that you actually see on your own armor, um, but hasn't actually discovered the secret. There's very limited um, documentation of it in your own family's halls. Like it's it's really just the fact that it's referenced that it's there, and there might even be maybe in your family's vaults um, an item or two. Not necessarily weapons all the time. Sometimes it could just be like circlets or bracers or things like that that still have these like these ancient artifacts from the days of like Belagost or Nograd or anything like that. But, but they kind of just linger passed down for generations upon generations upon generations. And, but unfortunately the knowledge of it isn't, hasn't been passed down too. Uh, but he, she'll show you like a couple different items that he's tried to do, but you know, ultimately, you know, they're, they're no real different than any other, piece of equipment and more than that like some of the rune carving that he is doing is actually weakening some of the plates and things like that on the armor and so he hasn't quite figured out those secrets but would be very interested in knowing more um 
As for Jetty, your uh, I think that was like the vault tender. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he has been so he'll tell you that he has been a bit concerned um that there has been a kind of a group of of bandits like these these dwarven oath breakers that they're kind of referred to as uh who's been causing troubles uh for some some folks going you know from here sort of down to the southern peaks and even down to mithlond itself and you know and there's there are certain treasures and trade that your family, your clan has been expecting, um, but they're either waylaid or never returns. Uh, and so you can tell that what originally began as kind of an irritation, just like a greedy person or two, Jetty's starting to worry that it might be more than that. Okay. Yeah, are you sure Eloy is not your brother? I think we made him my brother. Okay, Eloy is your brother. Okay. Because that is fairly common for like Eloy, Aloy, Deloy. Yeah, that does happen a lot. Uh, finally, uh, Arenio, what have you been Floyd doing? Floyd just got you all the names of his siblings right there. Done. Just <laughs> you wanted the list. Go through the alphabet and figure out what makes sense. Deloy. Deloy, Geloy. Loy, Cloy, Deloy. <laughs> Uh, Arinio, so, what have you been doing? Arinio, um had spent a bit of time over the last fellowship phase kind of working on her kind of explorer, especially, you know, kind of like blindfolded, whatnot. So kind of what she wants to do is she has not spent a lot of time in kind of her ranging being within mountain areas. So she kind of wants to poke around and, you know, kind of go off by herself and kind of see what it's like to... Kind of okay. within kind of some of these like in mountain kind of mine areas so you want to go through like some of these tunnels and things or do you mm-hmm. want to go like over top okay so you're trying to like perform some sort of tracking or something inside all right um do you like an explore test okay success okay we'll say with uh with that um you meet up with one of Floyd's brothers, uh, named uh, named Boy, B O I. So terrible! No, I can't be right. We can't do that. Got to treat it more seriously. Uh, Aloy. All right. So you meet up with one of his friends, middle brother, somewhere in the middle, right? Not necessarily high up like an old, but you know. Um, and we'll say that like this is a he. He's. He's more like a guard, so to speak. So he's he's there to ensure that the tunnels themselves are free from any real sort of harm. You know, uh, there are critters and things that kind of pop up from time to time. Um, you know, there's depending on how far north you go, there's occasionally some bears and things you might run into, and in some of the exterior caves. Nothing too far interior, with how much the dwarves delve deep. Um, but you travel around like the 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 well refined sections, which are like there's these beautiful bridges over these deep, huge chasms where you can't even potentially even see the bottom. Uh, there's these extraordinarily tall ceilings uh, where you again can't really see the top, uh, and eventually you get to more cramped quarters uh, where you gotta move around here and there. And much like what Floyd says, uh, you know Floyd's Floyd's friend uh, Jetty said. 
Um, the issue lately has has been less about like any specific. Like, there haven't been any real like, sites of goblins or anything like that. Like that hasn't really been an issue. Um, he does reference that there have been some. There are some kind of goblins uh, uh, that sort of embody the the woods on the west uh, western slopes of the Blue Mountains, but they don't usually come into the the mountains uh, themselves. Um, but they have been seeing some of the mining, uh, some of the, the, the mines that still exist um, have been kind of getting hit lately by bandits or uh, mm. by disruptors and stuff. So it has been causing a little bit of, of trouble. Um, and not only that, it has been kind of undermining the bottom line of Floyd's family. So like they've been coming with less income here and there uh, and kind of hurting them a bit. Not so much that there's cause for too much concern, um, but as you're kind of wandering around, you can tell that the tracks don't seem to be animal related that you find. It's more just people doing things that they shouldn't. Reniel, knowing um, there's a joke in chat, by the way, that it's alloy. <laughs> I, like so, it. I like that. Um, I would say that um, knowing that um, he is a guard, um, Reniel will not go into a ton of details, but just kind of fill him in a little bit of kind of things to keep an eye out for, especially coming from the east and the north. Okay. Uh, sure. Roll a... Uh, uh, let's see. What do I want you to roll for this? This is more just to see... This is going to this is going to determine whether or not he likes you. Uh, roll a courtesy roll, I guess. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm so bad at courtesy. You do persuade if that's better. Uh, let's see. I th- mm. I'm not good at math. Persuade, I've got one and a target number of 17. Courtesy, I've got nothing and a target number of 14. Okay. You're hoping for a Gandalf either way. Yeah. I think I think the the one with the pip is slightly you have slightly better odds. But okay, like it's not I'll, a lot different. I I'll think because it's an extra die. So an average that average roll of a D six is a three point five. So I think that's like a point five I don't know. I'm not great at that kind of probability. And I mm, yeah, okay. Alright, I'm gonna roll this and let's see what happens. I got a Gandalf. <laughs> All right, a Gandalf it is. You All right, so uh, you can tell that like he actually takes interest in this. And he's like, and he says, you, "You're saying that there's from all the way to the to the east where there's these problems. You, you think they're gonna reach all the way here, yeah, the Blue Mountains? It seems that seems unlikely, does it not?" I would have said it would be unlikely that there would have been issues as far ranging as we've seen, but this is the situation we find ourselves in. Hmm. It's better to be prepared. Now, I, I agree with that, and I appreciate the uh, the warning. Um, we, uh, we, to be to be fair, we haven't had much um, much in the way of um, trouble. At least on a grand scale in quite some time. Most of it's just, you know, petty pickering, folks stealing things here and there, bandits accosting merchants on the roads, up to the halls, and a few wild animals. Occasionally we might get a, a troll wandering about the mountains that causes trouble. 
but nothing in mess. I suppose, uh, I suppose we should redouble our efforts, our, our scouting patrols, ensure that, yeah, if, 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 if nonetheless it would give folks something to do and not let them get too complacent. Complacency is the enemy of, well, a lot of things, to be honest. There's probably a phrase in there somewhere, but I'm not the scholar of the family and, uh, just stay home and make sure we're safe. Floyd is the one who gets to go out and have the adventures, but you know, so be it. He he is he is quite good at that, and and our, our friend Gilly might be able to come up with a, a snappy little phrase for that. But I I agree with you. I think broadening some of those scout routes may be useful, and if nothing comes of it, then nothing comes of it. But like you said, it gave folks a, a good purpose. I've been meaning to talk to you about your friend Gilish. She's been making some of the boys uncomfortable. She's um, she's apparently sketching them. Is this a common thing? She does. She draws everything she sees. She writes down everything that happens, and she draws lots of things that she sees. Though I will say she does seem to um, take a liking to dwarves in particular, so I'm not going to say that that is not a thing. But... Um, Yes, okay. I, I can always have a conversation with her if this is becoming problematic, but I don't no, imagine just, we'll be here for, for too long. Fair enough, fair enough. It was just they were, it was not, a, it's really not common practice for us, you know? We don't really draw each other in that regard. But um, she, no, maybe it's one of these hobbit things. It's fine. I think, you know, she is just so smart and really just, you know, is our historian. And so what better way to track the history of things that have happened than to write them down and draw the things that you see. You know, you make a, a very good point, Arunil. I, uh, I will, uh, I will convey that sentiment to the boys and uh, I'm sure they'll accept it. No problem. Uh, okay, then I think we should start returning. Thank so, you for taking me through your home. I'm more than happy to do it. Any friend of my younger brother is a friend of the family and a friend of mine. It's very nice to see. Okay. So, yeah, a couple days pass. You you feel a lot better. A couple of you do a little odd projects here and there. Nothing too long, but it's really just sort of getting the, the travel rust off. Floyd spends some time uh, maybe with his friends and his family a little bit. And eventually, um, Balin comes and speaks with y'all and says, uh, Have you all decided uh, which path you're going to take? Yes, this is where Floyd says, Yes, we're going north, but then interrupted by the entire party saying south. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. You really got up. Uh, I see there's a bit of um, there's a bit of a disagreement amongst all of you. I believe um, that the majority has chosen south. I see. Well, I, I believe we're going to be uh, travel partners for a bit, as uh, I am heading in that direction as well. We can travel together. I've got a wagon. If, uh, the roads themselves are rocky, but uh, there's a few paths I know. If you're interested in traveling that route. Absolutely, we would enjoy the company wonderful i'm very be, be lovely to, to to sort of catch up and hear more about your adventures uh, and uh, yeah wonderful absolutely wonderful 
Uh, so let's, uh, it's a, it's a really s short journey, uh, so I'm not gonna, like, kind of go into too much worry about it. It's pretty much a straight shot. Um, so we'll, we're, we're kind of do like, a quick version of this. Floyd, just give me a travel roll, and that'll determine whether or not, you know, anything crazy or major happens. Uh, we're removing three fatigue, then? Three fatigue, as you spent okay. three days hanging about. Oh says Gandalf. Another Gandalf. Is that like three rolls in a row that we yeah, had so Gandalfs? Far. Oh, that showed up as an Aya Sauron to me. I got really excited. It's doing that thing again, Melissa. It's doing that thing. I right. I saw it as a Gandalf. I saw it as an Aya Sauron. I and I am the I am the lore master, so I feel like. <laughs> but the majority has chosen Gandalf. Hometown oh. um, <laughs> advantage, Gandalf. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the minute one of you four run this damn game, you can go at night. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, you guys kind of get get a couple supplies from from Floyd's uh, from Floyd's family, from other folks around. Uh, Balan's got this 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 what looks like a a fairly nice looking wagon. He's got a handful of some sort of like you know crates and barrels and things in the back, trade goods and whatnot. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, if anybody wants to uh, hop aboard, the uh, the ponies are quite strong. Uh, I could take probably one or two of you. Not everyone, unfortunately, if that's all right. This is where you guys respond. I, I say something, and then it's a con that conversation thing. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about Gilly's boudoir. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting cut off my chat. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, all right. So it's a couple days travel. Uh, and I'll say on around the second day uh, of travel, uh, you, you know, like the, the weather itself starts to get a little, uh, a little dicey, uh, like some rains kind of kick up those thunderstorms once more. You can tell that most of it seems to be like most of the, the precipitation seems to be like hitting the western sides of the slopes. But you're still getting tons of wind and you're getting kind of uh, this runoff here. And you can see a few times uh, there are these like sluices that sort of form and sort of wash, you know, bits of the road away here and there. And you're able to you kind of have to backtrack and bypass. But uh, most of the time, the the journey itself isn't too difficult. Uh, I need uh, let's see the scout. Uh, who is normally our scout? Explore test. Gilly likes to do that, or do I do that? That's Airborne. Right? That's yeah, Airborne. I do the okay. explore. Sorry, Airborne, roll an explore test. Uh, great success. Okay. <laughs> So during one of these, one of these heavy bits of rain, you can notice that like the road ahead, the path that you're on. And when I say road, understand them using that like, kind of colloquially. And you can see it kind of washes out. And the, the wagon uh, that Balin is in and whoever else decided to hop on with him, who we still haven't established. Gilly. Starts, Gilly. Starts to, like you can see the, the, as they're, you're trying to sort of turn it around and doing this three-point turn as the ponies begin to, to go a little bit crazy, you can see that the wagon, as you're backing up, the wheel goes over the ledge and it looks as though the whole darn thing is about to collapse and go tumbling down the foothills. Now, 
fortunately, you're all able to sort of see this immediately, and you kind of uh, all start kind of going towards it. So just describe exactly how you're helping out in this situation. Everyone just give me like a quick a quick thing. How would you help prevent this wagon from going over? Iridium it's not moving was... too fast, right? So we're able to no. stop it in time. You're absolutely able to stop it in time. It's more of a, like the wheels just kind of like the back wheels went off the, the edge as it was trying to like three point turn around. And so now it's just like the ponies are straining to try to keep it up and it's really very difficult. So like, just how are you kind of getting this back on the road and preventing it from falling? I would try to find some sort of lever. Uh, if there's nothing uh, better, I would use my own spear to try okay. and uh, wedge it under the wagon just to uh, at least keep it in place uh, enough that the, the ponies can pull it forward without sliding further back. Yeah, maybe you like even just splinter the side of the wagon and take one of the boards in the side and just, just shove that down there to get it ready. Uh, what else is everyone doing? Gilly, Gilly, you have that the, the rope and the... Sorry, I'm blanking on the... It's a hook, yeah. Yeah, the rope and yeah. the hook. Which Gilly will help or any like get that put in, then we can try and like pull it okay. to ride it. So you kind of like get the the grappling hook and you like wrap it around some sturdy piece of stone along the side of the road and kind of tie it to the wagon so the wagon doesn't collapse and you actually mm-hmm. release some of the strain on the ponies itself. Uh, how does Floy can contribute to this this moment? Y'all like calm the horses down, give them a little bit of encouragement. It's like, come on, guys, you can pull this out. Okay. All of you watch as Floy is there trying to calm the ponies down. And normally Floy actually does have a fairly decent, you know, decent hand because he has his own pony that is back at, at Coom, I think. But you notice that as he's doing so, as he's trying to calm them down, the stress, like they're no longer pulling as hard on the wagon because the rope is kind of giving them some, some you know, some rest. One of them just reaches out with its with its mouth and snaps right on top of Floyd's hand. Floyd, you have to yank your hand away before it just like rips a finger off. And you pull your hand away and you see like it it cut. It cut through like a piece of your glove or gauntlet that you're wearing has been crumpled or torn and blood is dripping down onto the onto the ground as like there's puddles of water. And you can see like this bit of this 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 depression where one of the wagon ruts went through is now kind of filling with this reddish tinted water from where your blood has dripped down into it. Ah, you beast. Why'd you go and do that? The other one like rears back a little bit and almost throws its, you know, its front legs as if it's swinging at you at this point. And all of you are watching this. Is this, these, you know, like you're all kind of going your own, doing your task. Erebon, you're doing the best you can to kind of pry up the back of the, the wagon to try to get the wheels back on. Gilly and Arineal, you're kind of doing this sort of pull, pull, pull. Balin is helping in on that as well. And you kind of look over and you see the the ponies just going crazy and almost like attacking Floy as he tries to, to calm them. How do you all react to that? Arineal will yell over to Floy and just say, just come over here. Just come over here and pull and, and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with the horses. Uh, I'll give you a hand there. Okay. Try to Erebon panics a little bit because he's in the path that the wagon would go down if those horses don't keep pulling. <laughs> so he, he's definitely uh, yelling yeah. a, a little bit, probably angrily, some sort of elven curse word. So so we'll say maybe Orineal and Floyd kind of switch places in some ways or like Erebon 
is screaming something in Elvish, and I don't know how much of you all speak Elvish, like just dropping some four-letter Sindarin words or something. Uh, and Elvish I, is Arineal normally a pretty know. language, but it's yeah. not pretty right now. Rinial, <laughs> you would know what he's saying, actually. I think you, we established you do speak Elvish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can you look over and you see him straining red kind of coming to his face as he's, like you could see, he's putting a lot of effort into this. And eventually you're able to with Floyd kind of pulling now with uh, the ponies calming and, and listening to your renewal as the rain continues to pour down on you all, you're able to get the wagon back up onto the road. And you can see Erebon that although you were able to save the wagon, a couple, you know, a couple barrels or two barrels that just flew off the side and kind of smashed and went deep down the, the foothills. You're not very high up the, the mountains themselves. You're probably kind of halfway up the slopes a bit. Um, but uh, two of them were lost, and it would be a significant climb to go down and back up to get them. And even balance, like, and it's an um, occupational hazard. Uh, everyone take two fatigue. But we just gained back some. This is called journeying. It's, <laughs> it's a fatigue minigame. I don't like it. Yes, you so- do. Shut up. I do. <laughs> Arineo <laughs> kind of wants to look around a little bit just to see, try to see if there was something that was sparking or spooking the horses, um, or if this is again seems to be like Floy is the uh, common denominator in these things. Uh, roll an awareness test, or or a scan if you prefer. I prefer awareness. All right. Great success. Uh, you look around and. There's, as you're, it's, it's hard to see again, rain's pouring down, uh, but over, you know, for the most part, you're not having too much difficulty kind of scanning up and around the, the slope that it continues to go up. Um, you do see like about 50 or so feet up the slope. There looks to be some sort of some sort of carve carving like it looks like a half completed dwarven face like someone who was carving into it um the other half is just sort of this rough rock that hasn't yet seen attention if it ever will but aside from that you don't notice anything that might cause attention you don't see any traps on the ground or anything like that and it, it i would say after kind of a good look around they were upset for the situation uh but when you went over there you had no real difficulty in calming them down mm-hmm. and arenia will point out to floy and Erebon because they had found the kind of the carving utensils a little bit back that there was some carving that was being done up in that tree but i'm not sure that that would have been enough to to spook the horses um Floy, I just think this is another reason why going south was the was the better thing. There's just something about you that it's just spooking so many different people and creatures that we come across. Like I don't know what it is. Might have touched it in the wrong place. Said something it didn't like. I well, don't next time don't poke it right in the nose when you're trying to pet it you got to go on top of the nose don't poke at it maybe that'll work 
Would you have maybe if you kept your horse with you? You'd know these things. <laughs> okay. Uh, you quickly, you know, it, again, the roads are kind of getting muddy and, and like the path that you're on, you backtrack a ways. You find kind of a shallow cave that you can kind of set up, get out of the rain a bit, camp out, get a fire going, dry off your clothes, feed the ponies and stuff. Make sure that the any sort of problems with the wagon itself are, are quickly repaired. Uh, it's not, it's not too, not too difficult to to sort of get yourself situated, stay out the night there. When morning comes around you can see that the you know, the ground itself is still a bit damp outside this cave uh, but it doesn't look as though any storms are still out the clouds are you know, the sky is fairly overcast you can still hear kind of this distant thunder off to the west uh, as if maybe more storms are en route uh, but before you really kind of get going too badly like you kind of get all your you get your food and you know, have your breakfasts and you load up the the wagon kind of begin again you notice that um you see a a figure kind of moving down the road uh coming from the, the direction you were headed kind of coming towards you uh definitely a dwarf you can tell just from size they're kind of stumbling around a bit uh you can see they've got some sort of heavy kind of blanket or coat over top of them and they're kind of like moving a bit and like limping uh stumble at one point they get up sort of curse them curse to themselves and kind of get up and you can see they're covered in mud now and they're kind of closing in on where you all have been camping uh could i do uh uh check to see if there's anyone around us like maybe this dwarf is a diversion i, I want to make sure we're not going to be ambushed or anything like that uh awareness uh do i get to uh use my armband of the mirdan if you want uh be, to detect danger sure and also allowing the player to achieve a magical success indeed uh, go ahead and roll it anyway. See see how good of a success you get. Uh, that's a Sauron, but it's a great success. Oh no, it's a three because it was favored. Yeah, I have okay. Sauron did not happen. Uh, okay, you don't notice like any other figures around. Uh, like you don't see like anybody else in the area. You do notice as he kind of stumbles and gets up, there is a glint of metal, as if. So there's like a, a weapon and you take a peek and you're pretty sure it's a, some sort of sword that looks to be in better condition than the rest of his outfit, which is definitely ragged. But then the sword itself is was, was like as he was getting up, it was like a glint of the, the morning sun uh, off to the east kind of came off of it. And it looks to be well kept. It's the nicest thing that he seems to have on him as he's continuing to move forward you. I would whisper to the group then that he is armed. I'll come up to him. Are oh, you right, cousin? Oh, well, hello there, cousin. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, 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 are we cousins? 
Yeah, it could be distant. What are you doing out here? Well, just traveling home, of course. Uh, I got to uh, separate it from my party and looking to work my way back. Got lost in the storms, and now I can't seem to tell north from south, uh, east from west, I think. Um... Definitely a bit lost, cousin, if... Uh, the road you were possibly. traveling was north. Hmm. Is that... Is that an elf you've got with you? You travel with curious company, cousin. Curious company, indeed. He is a bit of a curious one, but what he speaks is true. Oh, well, I seem to have gotten myself turned around... You know that the road up ahead has been washed out. Gonna have to descend down a bit and find another one of the switchbacks across. Mm -hmm. You can also... I think there's another one of these goat paths that maybe goes up further. I could lead you. Lend a hand, I wouldn't mind. Riding in a... Is that a wagon right there? My fate has just given me all sorts of fits I'm, I'm familiar with the parts. If you, if you want. The lost dwarf is offering to guide us. I say to the group. Uh, uh, a funny dwarf, a funny elf. Well, that's a find indeed, cousin. Quite a treasure you have. I believe we're going the opposite directions. Oh well, what what direction are you headed? What direction were you headed? I go where the where the wind takes me. I'm I'm between uh, obligations currently. Uh, so if you need a guard, uh, I, I am available uh, for hire. If you're not familiar with these parts, I appreciate the offer, but everywhere, tons of them. I hope calling of them off to the south. You've got to be very careful of. Goblins, did you say? Goblins. Goblins. There's goats as well, but they're not as dangerous. We can offer you a moment of respite, but I think it's best if we go our ways. Is that is that bacon or smell? Did I? I, well, I, your I, I think one of your kin could share the fire for the night. As for hire, I, I am not sure we, we do need the assistance. We're happy to share our food with you. Oh, it is morning, by the way. So this is after the the Sorry. night. Um, oh, I would uh, I wouldn't mind a bot if that's all right. Yes, please come. There's plenty. Thanks. Wonderful. Oh, and you kind of you see him coming in. Kind of greets Bal and the rest of you like oh, oh looks at Gilly. What? Um, hello. Oh. Hi. Have a seat. Dinner. Uh, uh, breakfast is almost ready. Mm-hmm. Mm, my mouth is watering a bit. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Are you God. ill? Oh, just a, a touch of the rain. That's all. Yeah. Okay. I'll fire for a few hours. It'll dry me clear on out, I'm sure. <laughs> Erebon takes a small step back with each cough. <laughs> Uh, so what is your what is your name? Oh, I'm Snagit. Snagit. 
Snaggit, okay. it's a pleasure to meet you. Snaggit, son of Snooker. Yes. My, my father has since fallen, of course. It's been years, but, uh, he, we, uh, uh, you don't want to hear my life story. How's the breakfast coming? We. And, and Gilly starts, like, dishing stuff out to people. Oh, it's quite lovely. Thank you yeah. very much. We have time over breakfast if you would like to share your story. Though it, it seems the better idea for you to stay here by the fire when we do continue on our way. It might oh, be better for your healing. Nonsense. I, I have to repay such kindness. I, I call it. I'll, I'll go where the wind takes me. And if there's, uh, <clears throat> as I said, I'm between obligations currently. You and did say you were going home, so where is home? Well, the mountains are my home, technically. Right, cousin? You know this? Yeah. Yeah, mm. but where are your halls? Well, I don't have any of my own halls, per se. Uh, but uh, I do have uh, cousins uh, with halls uh, who, uh, who would gladly... Uh, entertain me for several uh, days, certainly. Well, there's the Hallmelts to the south. Uh, they uh, they know me quite well, uh, in fact. Uh, uh, the, the middle brother and I, uh, we, uh, we, we, we did some goat herding together. That's, that's oh. right, we did. Indeed, we did. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> off to the north, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's the Footbecks. Uh, and they're lovely folk. Uh, <clears throat> you know them, cousin. They're the ones very good, uh, you know, with the <clears throat> stone. They got the quarry, but the... He, he knows. There. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's delightful. Uh, <clears throat> we're heading to the Harmons. Oh, perfect, perfect. I can show you the way. I know it quite well, as I said. Uh, they're good friends. What uh, what brings you uh, to the home house? Uh, what business do you have? Uh, trade? Uh, uh, Are you merchants? Uh, I see you've got a wagon, uh, mostly full of something. No, oh, no, no oh, trade. Carry in there. No, no trade. Oh. As I said, we do not have any spare coin to hire you as well. So if you wish to join us as a companion, I'm sure we could accept that. But we cannot offer you a position as guide. No extra coin. Uh, you know, and food, uh, company, uh, tails, uh, other ways to pay besides coin, elf. You have a very, uh, a very pessimistic view of our kind, does he not, cousin? He seems to think all we care about is treasure. Hmm. Now, there's far more to us. You know, the, the clan and family and, uh, Good tails and good ales. Uh, <laughs> and he kind of slaps Floyd in the back. <laughs> so, so which which of the which of the brothers are you close with? Oh, uh, that would be uh, that would be Alden. Yes, he's uh, he's forgot. When you're part of a big family, you can get lost in the middle, and he's one of the middle ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up on the hills, he's, he's a master of goat herding, you see. Mm-hmm. The, uh, he, his goats produce 
the the sweetest milk. Oh, it's quite refreshing. I feel like in unison we all just sort of We all to turn to look at Floyd. <laughs> well, he seems friendly. He's welcome to join. And this has nothing to do with a potential hook hookup for some fresh milk for you once we reach our destination. <laughs> I would be I could clearly put a word in for you with uh, my good friend Alden. Absolutely. I would be happy to, to <clears throat> make an introduction. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Right. Well, uh, we might as well get going. Daylight's wasting. Uh, we ab absolutely. have been told several times that there are goblins nearby. Can you handle yourself in a fight? Can I handle myself in a fight? <clears throat> of course I can. I'm a dwarf. All dwarfs can handle themselves in a fight. Where did you find this comedian of an elf, cousin? <laughs> can I do like a cursory like heal test to see if I can like see why he's like if it's really just like because the cold and he was wet? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and roll. Uh, go ahead and roll. I heal. think you just had a bit of the Hobbit sleeve. I'm gonna put a minus uh, one penalty on it, as like he's he's kind of covered up, and so there's not a whole lot to go on. But yeah. Okay. Do you want any help with that? Um, the thing gives me two, so I'll just do just my one extra dice then and see. Cool. Great success, but there's an eye of Sauron. Mm. Uh, there's no success, actually. Okay. It's a failure. Oh, I don't know why for me it said great success on my screen. Yeah, I don't know. It's been weird stuff's been happening with the Saurons, uh, the Saurons and the, the Gandalfs lately. But no, I, I see the rest no, of you. I, with I the see numbers, failure it as well. should be I failure. see great. Yeah. I see failure. <laughs> you see great failure. <laughs> she didn't just <laughs> fail. You yeah, did she greatly failed. the Sauron. So <laughs> you now have whatever he has. Okay. <laughs> this is Erebon's worldview. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think okay. he's taking a step back? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nothing obvious. He is covered. Uh, so he's got that, that kind of coat that he's pretty much wrapping himself around it. And the only time he reaches out is when he kind of grabs the breakfast, like your breakfast bowl from him, uh, from you, excuse me. And you can see his hands are, are kind of wrapped up with some kind of leather, uh, leather gloves. And only like the tips of his fingernails are sort of sticking out. Um, but other than that, he's kind of fully, you know, fully uh, uh, kind of covered up. His hair is kind of wet and stringy. You can tell um, he's not the most attractive dwarf. Uh, in the world, uh, and his yeah. beard is a bit shabby. Uh, not doesn't have the the finely groomed quality that Floyd does. But there's nothing you can tell um, from just sort of staring at him. Um, Gilly will approach like Airbon if we're kind of away from him and be like, um, I I'm not sure what his sickness is, but perhaps. We should keep an eye. If I were to hazard a guess, his sickness would be delusion. I do not believe That's he knows these clans nice. as well as he suggests. 
Oh, wait, they were talking about Oathbreakers. I'm concerned he might be one. He definitely seems to be some sort of exile. Yes. But who am I to judge? Takes one or no one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know much about exile, but it does sound lonely. And then Gilly will kind of like pat you on your what she can reach of your shoulder. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, just keep I on, stand okay? up right as you go to pat, so you just get my upper leg. <laughs> <laughs> she gets like your elbow. All right, well, thanks. And she'll go to like continue packing up her stuff to go. Okay. Um, you you know he's he finishes up the breakfast and he continues to talk and he moves around and he goes anything I can I can do to help. Uh, he's kind of like you see him sort of talking to Balin and everything like that. Uh, if you need help, kind of moving things around. Uh, what is it you have? <clears throat> what are you holding here? Is it, <clears throat> you've got. It, if you've spent time in the area, we would be thankful for some news. We've heard tale of Oathbreakers in the area. Have you encountered uh, any of them? Sure, yeah. That's It's a fair shame. Uh, indeed, there's, <clears throat> apparently there's a group of uh, <clears throat> dwarven folk who uh, <clears throat> gave up their positions uh, in, uh, in mine uh, when uh, one of the one of the clans, uh, <clears throat> they uh, refused to, 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 you know, pay them their proper wages and share. And and uh, <clears throat> now there's all sorts of trouble. What's that? Excuse me. I beg your pardon. Tickle in the back of my throat. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know how it is. Labor management. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit extreme to label them as oathbreakers simply because they did not wish to work in the mines anymore. Well, I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. It might be extremist language, but they, they took an oath to work within the mines until they were dry. And, well, I mean, and they didn't, and, and so they broke the oath. It's from a literal sense of the word. Seems to be an accurate, accurate statement. But then again, you could make the argument that, well, management didn't necessarily provide the proper safety precautions. And I heard rumor that there was some sort of trouble uh, down there that they were not looking too keenly uh, to, to, to continue their work within conditions being dangerous. <coughs> And, and and that seems to be the source of the disagreement. I, of course, don't have a, <clears throat> I don't have a, a position one way or the other. They're all cousins, are they not, cousin? <laughs> right, cousin. Yes, cousin. Should we worry about encountering any of these oathbreakers on our trip south? Oh, I wouldn't imagine that they would be a, a problem for you all. On. Don't worry, you've got two dwarves with you, three dwarves with you, I beg your pardon, sir. And uh, um, that probably is enough. That one doesn't talk much, I wouldn't trust him in a fight. With this one here, he looks quite sturdy, he points to Floy. Wait, Balin, he's he's, he's a patron. And you can see, like, Balin's in the, he's like, he's sitting in the wagon and he's... 
kind of holding the reins of the ponies, just sort of like dozing off a little bit. Right. He's well, got... this conversation's lovely, but we need to go. And Gilly right. starts shooing people. <laughs> Let's go. Sure, go on. And Arrhenio will just sort of say to him, like, it, it seems that up ahead would be, I, I think, the ideal place for you. If you're scouting out our path, it seems like staying ahead of the wagon is exactly where your services would be best used. I would, I would absolutely, I would be happy to do that. I am uh, a mountain man, so they say, dwarf. Yeah, I know all the trails and such. Uh uh, like I said, the, the path up ahead has been washed out. We're going to have to take it a different route. Now, fortune for you uh, that you've come across someone as knowledgeable of the area as I. Of uh, There are multiple routes we could take. Some more quick than others. Um, <clears throat> just depends and, on, you know. Arrhenio will just suddenly sort of be, uh, you know, I realized that I'm, hmm, I need to just take a, a few minutes. I'll, I'll be right back. Um, and so she wants to try to sort of leave them all and see if she can scout ahead and verify that the road is actually out. Like while they're and Hill's leaving the fellowship chat. We'll get well, professor with the door. Snagic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Cause he keeps um, saying that the road is out. Melissa we have to go a different way. No. <laughs> please try please try <laughs> melissa give that give that voice a try no. uh okay uh so explore is that what you're looking to do or is there or is there a specific role you wanted to make here um i'm wondering and obviously i'm playing to what i do best but i wouldn't mind an athletics with swift playing into account Sure, just like running like really fast to, to get there. Quickly get up there and back. Yeah, it's not like it's a difficult thing to find. You just want to get there and back without raising attention. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So athletics with my swift. Yay. Another Gandalf. Another Gandalf. Okay. He's everywhere but in the body. Uh, yeah, you run up, uh, you kind of take a dead sprint, and yeah, you do, in fact, see that, no, the, it's definitely washed out, there's definitely something, like, you're not on a road, it's really just a, it's a mountain path, but you can tell the mountain path has been disrupted. Okay, so it, it would appear that his story checks out. Yeah. Well, you guys don't trust him. <laughs> Erebon kind of likes him, actually, except for the coughing. Mm. It's the coughing that has me freaked out, especially when... It's not the coughing so much as the five separate times that he's asked what's in the wagon. Yeah. So, Arrhenial will just suddenly, like, pop up behind everyone. Mm. Um, oh, shit. He turns around, stabs. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought I was trying to help. And Arrhenial falls dead. Uh, so, yeah, Arrhenial pops up. Uh, so Arrhenial will kind of pop around um, and just kind of whisper to Gilly, I, I I ran ahead and the road is indeed out. So right. he, we'll just he have speaks to, truth. We'll just have to trust uh, Floyd and Snagit's decision of which would be the best way to go. 
Drew, you break your conversation and you look over and you see Snagit is looking at the two of you as you're talking. Hi. Hello. Uh, oh, how you doing? There's nothing to worry about with me. I'm very trustworthy. I think we're about ready to take off then. Master Dwarf, would you mind if I joined you taking the lead? Uh, you, no, you the wanna... other Master Dwarf. No, the uh, other Master Dwarf. Snag it. Uh, me? You want to come with me? Sh- uh, sure, yeah. I would be happy to have uh, such regal uh, company to come with me. I try to like twist my cloak a little bit so the hood kind of like covers my lower mouth just so I'm not breathing in as much of what he's coughing. Uh, but uh, and I, of course, keeping my six feet distance, uh, <laughs> I, I would go forward with him. Okay. So yeah, you guys go up and he, he gets a little closer and he tries to like slap you on the back a little bit. So like, oh, every time he takes a step towards me, I take a step away. Let's <laughs> run. To like we're off the trail entirely. Be careful, you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna go forward now, then? There's no coming up from that gorge. We've lost many, many a healthy pony down there in our time. Be careful. I will indeed be careful. And I'm like five feet off the path at this point. And it's like the steep rocks that are like really difficult to travel, but it's better than being close to them. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you guys travel for the day and you figure, you know, if, if it's fast enough, like you might be able to get tar melt in a day. It might take a slightly more than a day. It sort of depends. Uh, throughout the day, Snagit frequently engages you in conversation, Erebon, like, like every 15 minutes or so. And he keeps asking you questions like, oh, I've never seen such a motley band of uh, folk together. It's a couple of and whatever the young one is and the, uh, an elf such as yourself and uh, that she, the one who, who, with the with the helmet, she looks like she's a warrior type, human of sorts. Uh, what brings uh, such a an eclectic group together? Uh, on on more mountain roads. As we said, we're heading south. Well, I I was more curious for what purpose is it? You said not to trade, but you have a wagon filled with, well, mostly filled with what seems like goods of some kind. It must be quite expensive, whatever's in there, I would imagine, to keep it uh, sacred from good friend Snagic, right? Uh, honestly, I, I'm not sure what the goods are. I do not believe they are expensive. Otherwise, we would have guards. You're not guards. You aren't capable warriors. I do not think of myself as a warrior, no. Ah. So what is your purpose in the party, then? That is a rather difficult question to answer I'm afraid I do not know the answer that's a shame Mm -hmm. well alright it's good to have purpose it's a shame when they take it away from you you know the thing that you've worked your entire life for is just snatched out from underneath you yeah anyhow Uh, yes I, I cannot say that they 
took it away from me. I wonder if I took it away from myself. Hmm. Self, uh, what is it, uh, what's the phrase? Self-sabotage, is that what you mean? Yes. You see, sabotage, that's one of the things that apparently these, uh, <clears throat> these oathbreakers, apparently they've, uh, they've, they've quite a hand of that as well, you know. Some of the tools, oh. some of the machinery, tools, even some of the very tracks and paths that uh, dwarves used to bring the, the goods up and down from the mines as well. Uh, how so? How do they sabotage? Oh, well, there was a very industrious folk, as I'm sure a person of your stature would know, Master. Uh, uh, did I ever get your name? I'm not sure if you did. No. <clears throat> Anyhow. Ah, well, well. The thing, when you know the area that you work in so much, so well, you tend to know exactly where you know, a little bit of trouble would hurt the most, you know? So whether it's, yeah, whether it's a, a, a track with the mine carts coming up that you rip up, or whether it's a, a lift uh, that you cut the pulleys from so that the, the goods below that are heavy could get up to the higher levels, or whether it's a road where, you know... Merchants commonly travel with all sorts of goods and things, and you just rip it up a bit with your your picks and your your shovels and whatever other tools you might have. So you believe this road was intentionally washed out? Oh, of course not. Oh, mother, I would think that's more nature. The winds and the rains and... and it's providence. If it wasn't Strange that, we would not still, have met. Though, if there are oathbreakers in the area and they're well known for this type of sabotage. Well, as I said, and as you agreed, oathbreakers seems a bit of a strong term. Some yes, of us I, have a I, different different term for them, of course. What term would that be? Oh well, we called them. You know, um, I didn't think you were going to follow up that question so fast. I thought I had more time to come up with something. But, uh, oh, we call them, uh, what, the, what, what do we call them? We call them, you, know, you must not call brother. them this very often if you don't know the word. We call them brother, you know, we call them father, uncle, sister, cousin. cousin. Yeah, that's what we call them. I do remember Floyd calling you a cousin. Oh, he and I go way back, of course. Well, our families do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not you know Floyd his. that well. Well, I know his family. They've uh, mighty holes, that family. Certainly they do. Mighty holes. I'll so, be honest, I was not very impressed with Floyd's family. Oh, well, you are, you have very high standards. They are more uh, uh. around these parts. They are, they are some of the richest. Silver and gold and gems. But and like such. you said, you know, coin is not everything to a dwarf. Sure. Food, though. No, no, they never have to go scrounging for food or scrounging for ale. 
They certainly don't have to lift, well, a, a finger to do much of their own work, because they have people who do that for them. Oathbreakers and such, who are supposed to do all the heavy lifting, while his family lives sweet and soft in their fancy little apartments in their homes. And the rest of us, well, we travel these roads in the rain, and we get cursed. <coughs> just never <coughs> seem to leave us. Well, as I said, there was a reason I was not that impressed with them. Mm. And I think you uh, have come close to expressing the idea. Yeah, well, uh, we may be cousins, but uh, we certainly aren't friends. And we certainly aren't equals. His people have seen to that for quite some time, if you ask me. Now, <clears throat> there's the, they're the ones... Who probably forced these earthbreakers into breaking their roads to begin with. Couldn't properly seal off the vents so that that horrible gas comes swooping up out of the abyss below and doesn't get into everyone's throats and lungs, cause them to do all sorts of strange things. Vomit, cough, sleepless nights. But again, they wouldn't know much about it in there. As you put it, very un unimpressive holes. With those sorts of conditions, I don't think anyone could be blamed for breaking an oath. Yeah. You know, Master Elf, there are many a rumor about your kind. Some of us have had encounters. I must say, you are far more reasonable than I, than I would have uh, expected. And that's what's I haven't spent make... much time with my own lately. Uh, well, you're not missing much. Uh, you seem like a down-the-earth sort of fella. Salt of the earth, you know? Willing to... There are some that would also call me an oathbreaker. Oh. Well, that's interesting to hear. I wish I would have known that sooner. That's what's going to make this so terribly difficult and then he just goes and you guys see like up on the ridge above the line like like above you you see like all sorts of these small little stones and dirt begin to kind of fall and kind of dribble down as behind all these different rocks coming out of these small little holes and caves you see two four ten twelve twenty of these dwarves all kind of popping out of these different holes. They've got scraggy clothing on. You can tell that they look to be somewhat, you know, they have like the, that their complexions seem to be uh, seem to be difficult. Gilly, you can tell just by looking at them, they look sickly, um, and they all have some kind of weapons on them. You can see a few of them have, you know, short bows and such, axes, mining picks, hammers. Uh, you are uh, thoroughly uh, outnumbered. And not only that, but you appear to be kind of outflanked. And um, and that's at that point, Erebon, that like Snagit kind of reaches into his uh, reaches into his uh, into his his cloak here and it, now Master Elf, this can go smoothly. Um, give us what's in the wagon. You know what? Give us the wagon. Yeah, in the ponies. And the rest of you can go on your way. Easy peasy. 
I'm afraid the wagon and the ponies and what's in the wagon are not my possessions to give away. However, I would gladly help you if I could. Well, I think that's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to walk on over to your friends right there, or your traveling compatriots, or whatever term you want to use is you and on now. A label is such that, but it doesn't tell the whole story, whatever you refer to them as. And you're going to convince them that the nicest and easiest way that this is going to transpire is for that old dwarf to pop on out of that wagon and go ahead and let me just drive it on away. Then you all can just continue south as if nothing happened. I'm afraid I don't have a way with words. Well, you're going to have to try to find one, I think. Now, off you go. And he kind of has the, the sword, I'm like, pointing in that direction. Now, we might not look like much, but you see up there, that's old Sandy. Sandy, say hello, wave to the elf. And you see Sandy kind of waving down. Sandy might not be an elf, might not have elf bows and whatnot, but Sandy could pick an apple off a pig's ass from a hundred yards. Now, I don't think you're an ass, but many people might claim elves are, and so I'm pretty sure Sandy can probably take you out from here. I don't want that to happen, of course, because you and I seem to be, hmm, of similar mind. It sounds like a waste of an apple for someone that hungry. What a strange game. <laughs> Such a comedian he is. I found the only comedian elf in the entire world. You're not going to believe it. I mean, we're looking for treasures, sure. This might be the best one right here. But don't worry, I don't feel like taking you. I just want your things. That's all. Now go ahead. Come on, all with you. Yeah, How so far away are we from the group? You guys are like 20 feet in front. It's not that far ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'll we take can a see step everyone popping up the group. group and that's oh, yeah. It. You guys see it all happening, too. And so they, they, there's people who have drawn bows. Like, you can see slings are loaded. You can see folks yeah. have, like, like, like axes. We all saw it coming, doors. but we didn't do anything oh, yeah. to stop it. Everyone saw it coming. This wasn't, like, a sneaky <laughs> thing. Like, what do you all want to do? Seems we got company. What do you say we call their bluff? The bluff, they do, they need food. They look sick. We can offer them a barrel of, of meals. Is Balan awake yet? Yeah, Balan's there. I just don't want, I don't like it when NPCs make No, I get it, I get it. You know, yeah. But it, it's his stuff. It yeah. Is my only thought. Well, there's nothing here that can't be replaced. And if we did call the bluff floor, well, I'm afraid that, well, whether they... Stab a poke or hurt one of us, or you stab a poke or hurt one of them. I think dwarf blood's going to be shed today. Um, if you're uh, if you're comfortable with it, if it is something you relish, well, if not, you said not at all. there's nothing that can't be replaced, I see no reason for blood to be shed. It's just some. He kind of goes into the back of the the wagon kind of pops up one of these barrels and you look inside just toys see these beautifully crafted toys do you have any children among you Oathbreakers uh and Snagit says I thought we were beyond that term um yeah that's fun you know my name I gave it to you 
freely. You never gave me yours, but I gave you mine. And uh, do we have any children amongst us? No, no, we don't. But, uh, what would you prefer to be called? I'm, I'm sorry, I did not mean to offend. I would be heard be called Snagit. Uh, the collective you is what I meant. We don't really have um, a need for group labels and such. We're perfectly fine for you to just hand over the goods, whatever they be, and we'll do with them as we please. Well, then the unnamed collective uh, is welcome to these toys, I assume. Right, Balan? Balan looks to Floy at that point. If he says this is replaceable, yeah, might as well just give them what they want then. Uh, can, it is unfortunate get... that there will be some dwarven children that were probably expecting these toys that will get them, but that is your choice, not ours. Can always get more toys from Dale. It is possible. Snag it. I will say that uh, you don't have to be limited by a label such as Exile or Oathbreaker. But you also don't have to choose to become thieves. Hmm. We would have gladly assisted you. I feel like their opportunities have been limited enough. It's interesting, because when I asked and suggested I could help guide you there, you said, well, we don't have anything to pay you with. I do not. Well, we did offer you food. Did you not fill your belly? And it was delicious. I must say, they had bacon, everyone. Beautiful raw bacon. And you could hear someone like, yeah, I hope you say some for us. Hey, make them make them give us the food, too. Yeah, we Sorry, so Snagit ate food. all the bacon we had. You can see a couple of them are just like, yeah. Is there a, a goal that you all are working towards? Yeah, to get some money and uh, solidify ourselves. They kicked us, your people, cousin, your father, or your uncle, or whoever it is that calls the shots there. You're the ones who couldn't ensure that all our working conditions were safe. And then when we started getting <coughs> when we started getting sick and when dwarves started dying, you know what they did? You know what they did, cousin? Nothing. They didn't do nothing. We told them it wasn't safe down there. We told them we couldn't dig any further. We told them that the mines had run dry and it was time to move somewhere else, but they didn't listen and they said, keep going. And when we started getting through the veins, digging into the earth, where the earth started shooting stuff back at us, warning us, no further, no further, no further, but the greed of your people. No, they didn't suffer from it. We did. We did. You see, 20 folk up here, we used to be 40. Then the pox took them. The other half, well, they're laying sick elsewhere. Well, we don't need to talk about it. We come to your people and they said, Hey, 
We're sick. We need help. They help now. Not at all. And we said, get back to work. And we said, well, he can't get back to work. Erebon took another step away as he said pox. <laughs> you know, on second thought, fellas here would not believe our good fortune. We got ourselves. What is, uh, what do, does your clan have a name, Floy? Uh, if they did, I didn't come up with one. Like the halls of Harmelt is like, for instance, where we're headed. Uh, like, do you have like a name for the halls? No, what would, what would be some like recommendations? Could it be like anything? Yeah, anything really. Anything that sounds dwarvy. Uh, the halls of Gladrock. Of Bladrock, is what you say? Gladrock. Gladrock, okay. Yeah, I like it. I'll write it down. Okay. So, he calls up and he says, He's like, feathers you would not believe our wonderful fortune. Well, I have stumbled across one of the one of the sons of, of the halls of Gladrock. Now, there might be another option, yeah, we... We could leave you with your wagon and your ponies and your whatever it is you have. And we can just relieve you of your little dwarf here. I'm sure, I'm sure his no. family would pay a pretty penny to have him return and Gilly safely. Im- immediately denies it. She's like, no, you can have, you can have mm. the wagon and the ponies. I was going to offer to Her- heal you, but if you offer to hurt Floyd then that will not be an option. Oh, we don't want to hurt him. That would that would defeat her purpose. Erebon would kind of give Gilly a look like, uh, maybe we should consider it, but then see how angry she is and just like, <laughs> okay, we're not doing this. <laughs> we just want to take him. That's all. And then we can start to do a proper valuation. We can see just how much his family cares for him and see what they're willing to give up for him. That's all. Uh, we already said you could take the wagon. Uh, you perhaps should not become too greedy as your previous masters were. Oh, I'm greedy now because I'm a dwarf. I'm greedy. Oh, see. But you, you, you could consider yourself that it was still good fortune that you happened to come upon him. And if you make a reasoned argument as to what has been going on, perhaps bending his ear about what has been going on, he might be able to have a discussion with the rest of his clan about what is going on. Though I believe if you resort to kidnapping, that I do not believe that there would be open ears to hearing anything further. Hmm. Boy, you said quite a few words there. It was a well put together statement. I think it was convincing rhetoric, but I'll be honest with you. I think we'd rather just take the wagons, the wagon and the ponies. So off with you. Come on, let's go. Off, off. Yeah, at this point, we'll just hop off, get wobbling yeah. along. All right. Have at it. And he whistles. A couple others come down. They hop up into the hop up into the seat that Balanon's in. Now, well, here's what we're going to say. Why don't you all just wait here for, let's say, midday. Take an early lunch, a few hours, and then you can proceed southward. And um, we'll be long gone by then. And as, like, the wagon's kind of moving past, he, like, hops up in the back 
and he's like, I kind of holding onto the edge as it's pulling away. But if any of you all have any ideas of trying to track us down, uh, well, we wouldn't be able to part in such good company. So, enjoy your travels. Goodbye, comedian. Kind of waves at Erebon. Snag it, uh, before you go, if I might. I'm, I'm going. You better speak quick. The wagon's moving. <laughs> I I feel that if my life had gone differently and I had people that I needed to protect, you and I may not have been so different. And I will pull off my armband and toss it to him. <gasps> the magical one? Mirdan. Why do I make up magical items to give to the party if Steven's what? just going to give them away? I know. Just give regular treasure. What the He fuck? snatches it out of the air and he takes a look at it. Huh. Thank you, kindly comedian. Off you go. And then he kind of reaches into his own pocket. Here, something for. And he kind of looks around, looks around. He doesn't have anything in his pockets. Opens up one of the barrels and grabs a toy and throws it back at you. And it's just this. this it just kind of hits me in the chest and falls to the ground. <laughs> falls, you try to catch it, but you're no good at it. It just hits you in the chest and falls. Okay. And uh, off they go. Uh, do you do what they say and wait? Yeah, why not? What else do we got going on? What What were you... Th- I don't understand what you were thinking. What What magic did he put in your ears when you were talking earlier? His people are in danger, and this may keep them safe. We are often in danger and are in need of keeping safe. Aureliel, you've proven time and time again that you can keep yourself safe. I just... We are... We are... I... Their plight is important. But the battles that we fight are for more than just one group of dwarves or one group of rangers or one group of elves. And she's just going to... No matter the number. They don't know our fight that we fight. This is their fight that they have. And I get it, but... I can't believe he thought he could just take Foy from us. Are you kidding me? I would have killed him. And like Gilly's just kind of stomping around pissed off. (laughs) They're desperate. They wanted something. Did your family really do that to them? I don't know too much about that. Maybe you should become a little more invested in your family's politics. And like Gilly's just mad all around at this point. Aridia will go over to Floyd and say, uh, I think she's just worried about you. I, I, I understand. It could be something to look into. All these people think they've been tr- treated wrongly. The, the state of their health does make a strong argument for their, their tale having truth to it. And uh, Renil just sort of looks back at at uh, Balans. It appears that you will now be walking with us, good sir. 
Uh, he's like, don't worry about me. I, I don't really remember what voice I was using for Bound. I always kind of forget it. Uh, like, don't worry about me. Uh, yeah, I've walked from this side of the world to that side of the world. These feet, uh, well, they're made for walking, but every now and then I do quite prefer a little bit of a, a little bit of a cushy ride. Let's make cut into your nap time. Eh, I've been sleeping long enough, I think. All right. Uh, so do you guys hang around for a bit and then eventually continue on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you wait and then you travel. Storm kicks up again and you have to actually travel in the rain for a little while longer. Uh, it's not as bad as the day before. Uh, sometime early the next morning, you find yourselves finally kind of in, in range of the, uh, of like your destination. Um, so, you know, I would say Floyd, you would probably just know this. And so would Balin, to be honest, both of you would probably have familiarity that the, the halls themselves. Oops, that's not what I meant to My bad. Sorry about that. There we go. Um, the halls of the uh, halls of Harmel or southern end of the mountain range and they're atop a, a specific hill called the the stone of fire uh it's called that not because there's a fire or anything on it but just because when the sun sets and stuff in the west and there's forest it's a forested hill and everything and it has a kind of has this look to it um you know that the top of the hill has been hollowed out in this deep wide bowl and the halls are in this, like, kind of almost like a great cup of stone that's in the ground. And there's this open area outside, and like the air above. It tends to be used for meetings and feasts and things like that. Uh, and there's at the at the center of this this large bowl, there's this kind of pond or pool that's been set up as well. Um, very kind of serene and, and, and beautiful looking. At there used to be a, a road that actually led up and through the forest. Uh, it kind of like wound around the hill uh, seven times before it reached the lip of it. But they, at this point, those have been kind of removed because the lands beyond and kind of got unfriendly. Um, and now the dwarves only really allow like those, like they're kind of more secret paths now to kind of get up there. And only other dwarves and other friends and stuff kind of know the way up there. Uh, but fortunately, you you are one of those friendly folk. Uh, so you start moving up these hills, and you can see along the way, there's all these different gatehouses and guard towers that are watching the road that lead up the hill. You're stopped a couple times by dwarven, you know, dwarven guards and watchers that are um, kind of looking at you with some some bit of curiosity. Um, we look even more suspicious without the wagon. Yeah, and they're like, you know, like what? Uh, what brings you to the halls of Harmelt? We wish to meet. Let's see. Hedjal, the Lord's brother. Ah, law, uh, the law master. Yeah, that's, that's right. And they, like, you can see, like, he and the other dwarf that are kind of occupying this watchtower, they sort of exchange, like, a curious glance. Ooh. What regarding? Uh, wish to seek advice about artifacts. Uh, well, uh, 
good luck to you. Uh, I'm not sure if Hajalan is uh, in, but you can speak with the Lord of the Halls. Hajalan is there with some of the other brothers. If you continue the path upwards, you'll find the Golden Halls. Excuse me, the Golden Walls. And uh, we have not had any business today, so you are in luck. So the Grand Lord Bajolan will be more than happy to entertain you. Are you, um... You are not traders, it seems. No merchant folk. Anything to declare? The clothes on our back. Goods or services? Do we have a healer? Well, that's good for you. We've got them as well. Fairly useful task and role for a proper civilized society. Well, we, we well, had we had some items for trade, but we uh, ran afoul of some folks on the path here. So their faces kind of like snarl up. Bandits and such. Indeed. Scraggly looking dwarves. Looked like they haven't had a wash for years. You said it. They were rather friendly. They, they treated us well. Well, that's a different story than one we normally hear. How far up the road was it? Uh, it, it was actually off the road. Before, uh veering so far off the road otherwise I believe we would have not encountered them I'll say I'll say well unfortunately that lands outside of the domain of Lord Majolin so we will not be making any reimbursements for goods lost but we will however keep an eye out of course doing all normal scouts see if any of your uh, belongings turn up there should be no need. They they seemed very transient. I believe they were moving away. No, no, they are a pox on these hills and these mountains. They uh they live within some of these uh some of some of the mines and the caves and such that have long been long been silent of pick and hammer. They uh they seem to know the the ways better than those who who hunt them. But rest assured, we will find them and bring them to justice. Again, though, your goods will not be returned to you, as anything we do find at that point will be then used to properly uh, reimburse the very halls that you now find yourselves in, uh, payment for services rendered, of course. Again, there's no need for you to trouble yourselves. I'm sure they are gone from the area. Well, uh, Master... Elf, is it? Um, I'm sure that if I were in your woods, I wouldn't tell you your business. And so while you're atop my hill, you will not tell me mine. Is that understood? I just assumed you weren't very good at your business, seeing that we were robbed on the way here. Oh, if that's the case, if you turn around right now and you continue to walk, uh, we will not take you into custody for disrespecting the halls of Hallmelt and our Lord Majolin with such insolence. The rest of you, do you let this elf speak for you? We've had quite the uh, journey in the 
rains of late, and I believe that our encounter has uh, left all of us quite weary, and I believe that our uh, elf friend would say different things were he to have a night's rest and some food. Yes, I am very tired. Apologize for... As Gilly's pinching your side. (laughs) We do apologize uh, quite heartily for his uh, disposition. Well, I appreciate your apology. I think that apology would serve a greater purpose if it were uttered by the lips of the elf himself. That who aggrieved us. What say you, elf? It might be something on the way out that might be better suited after a night's rest and a warm food. It seems that today is quite the uh, no. Triangle. Arabon, please apologize. That's very presumptuous that we would allow such insolence within our hallowed halls. I'll turn to Arenial. What was it we could do to the north again? Okay, I'll turn back to the dwarf. I apologize. I am very tired. I have not slept in months. Oh, well, I'm sure you can get some rest within the halls, especially now that your attitude is a bit more palatable uh, for the people that you seek to request assistance from. Oh, and as you as you move forward, perhaps a lesson is here. If you travel to someone else's home and you're going to request assistance from them, perhaps being kind uh, might actually help you a bit. A little bit of lesson of courtesy, Elf. Uh, free of charge. Perhaps you can share some additional wisdom with us when we depart. I would be more than happy. Raniel is just biting his cheek as hard as he can. <laughs> Erebon? Did you just call yourself a Raniel? Erebon. Er- yes, yeah, sorry. I was reading Raniel's name. My bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, a- after a bit of cajoling, and you can see grimacing from Balin, who's like constantly trying to like interrupt, and the guy just keeps going. Oh, God. You're eventually <laughs> let through. Gilly's secondhand embarrassment we- is sky high. <laughs> She's like, really, guys? Oh, Why didn't we let you were this close to just getting turned around. You're just this close, like you weren't gonna get that inside. Oh goodness! All right, I could have guess I, I could have asked for rolls, but that's fine. Uh, okay, council here at the gates. Gilly would have been like, "Erebon, wait outside." So you continue to travel upwards, uh, like kind of winding up this hill a bit, and you can see there's other gates and stuff and things that you pass along the way and signs of, uh, of different, uh, different buildings carved out of some of the stone of the, of the hill. And uh, again, there's trees about as well. And so you can see there's some, some activity moving about. It's um, not nearly as populated as the, the halls of glad rock from where you came from Floyd's people. Uh, there's definitely far fewer people here. This looks to be compared to, to Floyd's home, lesser, uh, maybe a, a lesser, smaller, uh, smaller contingent, uh, but eventually you do find yourselves um, staring at these beautiful, actually beautiful golden doors uh, that have been are open. They're kind of in what looks like the burn of a hill, and they're quite tall, much taller than needed. And you can see that they're 
they've got the, they're kind of coated in gold here and there, and they have all sorts of these strange runes and stuff inscribed in it. Not elvish, but dwarven. Um, and there's a couple guards out front. Uh, you un- sort of announce your your intentions to speak uh, with uh, Lord uh, Majolin, uh, who is the head of this house. Uh, and you're kind of lit inside. Um, Floyd, roll a scan test. Okay. Yeah. So as you, as you all are kind of moving through, uh, you notice that the hall that you're moving down, this corridor, everything is gold. Like all of you are looking at this, like all the walls, the paneling of the walls, the adornments and pillars, everything like that is gold. And at a certain point, Floyd, you kind of notice a scratch in the wall, and. Even though, like the, like the the hall itself is just extraordinarily wondrous to look at, you see this scratch, and you and it reveals like underneath it, like there's some stone, and it kind of suggests to you that the walls themselves are not as, like they're much thinner than you think they might even just be like golden paint over top of these the the, the stone walls itself. Um, I'll tell you what, roll a d12 and pick high or low. High. Okay, go for it. You've been here before, probably, years ago. You're probably younger. Um, Maybe you traveled with some of your brothers. Um, And you can probably tell that the halls, the walls, all this stuff, you're not sure if it's just the difference in age. Maybe as a child, you were more susceptible to the wonder of, of treasure and architecture than you are now, but things look thinner here. They look a little less impressive, um, to the rest of you, uh, even Erebon, uh, these halls are extraordinarily wondrous to behold. Uh, but to your keen eye, Floyd, you can tell there's, you would guess that this hall has perhaps fallen on some hard times. It is not like a dwarf hall to be so thin uh, with its adornments. Uh, Let everyone know it seems their info is correct. They're running a bit dry. So you're led into this chamber. Uh, where you can see at the far end, there is a very, very high table. Uh, and you can see in the center uh, of that table, like on the opposite side of it, you see a, f- a kind of a grandiose chair. Uh, and you can see there's a uh, a dwarf sitting within it. And then there's two other chairs on either side. And there are more dwarfs as well. Um, and you can see that they're all kind of watching as the four of you are, are brought in. And... As we'll say, Floyd and Balin are probably out in front, I would say, because they're dwarves themselves. Immediately upon entering, you can see that the that the folks are like they're whispering to each other, they're saying things to each other. Um, the the one in the center, which you presume is probably Lord Majolin, is a uh, is kind of got this very stern look on his face. He's got a long, kind of flowing beard, wavy. Uh, you can tell that they're wearing they're all wearing decently. Uh, decently adorned clothes. You can tell there's some glittering armor and such underneath, and they definitely have some gems and jewels uh, that are affixing their cloaks to, to their underneath their, the napes of their necks. Uh, 
Um, but eventually you hear like the, the guard kind of introduces you all. Uh, and so it kind of goes like the party of Floy, uh, of the halls of glad rock, Balin, son of Fundin, their various associates, uh, they are come seeking the aid of the house of Har- halls of Harmelt. Uh, I present to you Lord Majolin uh, and his brothers from left to right, Pori, Gol, Alden, and Roll. And they all like kind of nod at you, and uh, you see like the Majolin guy like puts up this big meaty hand, and he says, "That is all for now." Thank you for introducing us. Please attend to your posts at the door. We have much to discuss. And you can see, like, there is a concerned look in the face of this guy. Like, and he's staring, like, directly at Floyd. So the guy, the guard, kind of moves off to the side. Uh, do any of you say anything? Greetings, Lord Magellan. We come seeking guidance. Do you now, Floy of Gladrock? And they kind of look at each other, all these, like, the, the, the different brothers are kind of staring at each other. You come from aid, to for aid from our family. Yet, in seasons past, when we have beseeched your family, your halls, for assistance, we were met with denials. And now you come here, asking for our hands, and preceding your arrival. Shadow has befallen the dreams of all of those at this table, and the shadows form and into your face, Dwarf of Gladrock. We believe that you come here with ill intentions. So out with them now. Enough with this delay. Speak what it is you want so we might deny it and we all might go on with our lives. It appears that every place we meet everyone has these dreams but we seek the lore master your brother Hajolin. you see they all kind of like look a few of them have like weird looks on their faces and like almost wins and nothing on the guy the guy's got like the, the main guy Majolin has like a, a poker face he just doesn't doesn't shift and turn but the others are kind of like like why would they that well if they can find him I guess that <laughs> that kind of thing um okay uh, we're gonna get into a council, I think. Uh, so we'll do. So remember the council rules here. This is we're gonna do a proper council, and I will tell you that there is a v- decent likelihood that you will um, that if, if if you fail this, they will not aid you, uh, and you will have to find a different route. Uh, so remember that the the first thing we have to sort of decide is like your goal is just you want their aid, you want them to get access to the lore master, and you want to get information. Mm-hmm. Right now, normally that sure. would be a fairly benign, like you know, simple request, uh, nothing too difficult. Uh, but because your 
family's reputation with them is negative, Floy. And because mechanically, you all have rolled a lot of Eye of Saurons of late, and uh, the Eye of Awareness has creeped up. Uh, this is actually going to re- result in like a, a, a greater difficulty uh, for this right now. So let me pull up the rules for council so we can go through them once more. So normally, uh, normally speaking with the lore master for help would just be a very reasonable request. Nothing, nothing strange. It would be a three. Uh, but because of the situation, this actually moves up to a resistance six. Uh, so we've got our resistance. We know what our goal is. Um, and so then we hit into the introduction phase. Uh, who is in Floyd? You're the one doing the talking. And I think it makes sense for you to be the one doing the, the role here. So this is, this is you, you have to do all courtesy riddle. Those are kind of the common introductions to sort of kind of get off the right foot. Yeah. I think all here rebust. Okay. Uh, you, everybody on this, when we do this, you all are going to have a minus one penalty die on every roll of any kind, uh, during that, throughout this council. Uh, so go ahead and roll your awe with a minus one penalty. And this is going to essentially set the time limit for how long you have to convince them before they just throw you out. And we do have extra D sixes in the bank. Yeah, remind me of distinctive features can be used here or is that only in battle? Yes, they can be used here. Distinctive features. Yeah, it actually can't be used in combat unless you're using it's for okay. skill checks. They're for skill checks, right. so they can't actually be used for like weapon proficiencies and things. Okay, then I'd like to see if I can tap into the proud here, proud of my lineage. Okay, even through what he says. Okay, uh, so your pride, sure. All right, Gandalf. Extraordinary oh success. Oh my gosh. This is such a tease. I keep so seeing them show up as Aes Aurons. It's so sad because I'm thinking, oh, I got him. <laughs> and then it's just like, you're a Gandalf. And I'm like, oh, da, da. okay. So that's one, two, three successes. Uh, okay. So let me do the mechanics first and then you can role play what you say. I'll give you a minute to think of something. So the, the, the skill rolls successful. Time limit is equal to the resistance of the council. So it's six plus one for each success icon rolled. So in this case, it's a um, total of three. So this you have a time limit of nine. Yay. Okay. So how do you start this off, Floy? Yeah, I'll come in here. Clean up from my wrists. I come in uh, pretty artifacts, rings, clothing. I come here expecting aid, and of course, it won't be fruitless. I can make sure you get a good part of this deal. You all kind of exchange looks. You can tell like there was something to that. Like they, they there's like a hesitation. They actually, you, you might have gotten a few of them, but the main guy seems stern. Like the guy in the center, Majolin. And he looks down at you and says, This deal involves you speaking with my brother. I do not see how this could possibly benefit me. And so we'll we'll div we'll we'll you know we'll now we'll get into the actual thing. So anybody at this point can do it. 
Um, I'll say, you know, once every like, I'll say once during this this entire thing, you guys can tap into Balin and you can get uh, an extra an extra die. So you gotta have to explain how you do it. So whenever you think it makes sense. Um, so again, this is going to be uh, we're, so there's a flat difficulty, a minus one penalty because of Floy. However, you can tell that the countenance of this particular group is not particularly good. They seem very reluctant. Uh, and so because of that, so I'm setting like the interaction rolls. So it's going to be actually a minus two D6 penalty for all of your interaction rolls now. So things like in Hearten or Insight or Persuade, Riddle Song, all of these different rounds, minus two D6. Oh, shit. Yep. So... Um, so he's kind of like, wait, I'm waiting to hear what this benefit is to our halls and why you are bringing such strangers here. I have been told that the elf here was very insulting to those who watch our roads and ensure our safety. And now you would bring such an insolent creature inside us. What is it you can offer us? Speak quickly. We have other matters to attend to today. It's to you guys. Someone jumps in. Yeah. I neglected to develop my social skills. <laughs> <laughs> Aragon as well. <laughs> oh gosh. Um could I do a lore maybe or song, I don't know. Uh basically I'd like to recount a tale of dwarven generosity at some point to try and uh appeal to I don't know, like a dwarf feeling like they're meant to be generous to visitors and okay. people in their land. I like song. We'll say maybe there's a you're, song? You're, you're searching your mind for a specific. I don't care which one because I'm going to use a magical success with my sure. elven skill. That's what it's for. Uh, Man, go ahead. That armband away. With it also minus. gives magical successes for other <laughs> things. I can't believe you get that away. I spent. I know hours it, it was a great item that. too. It was a great item. Spent hours researching that. It was so plot important, too. And I am miserable. You should be miserable. Okay. I am. All right. So you get one success um, as Erebon. You think to a a specific song. Maybe you don't necessarily sing it, but you reference it. Maybe you reference its lyrics. Slam poetry. We'll do a little slam poetry. Harriet. Oh, Harriet, so trusting. So so I married an axe murderer. Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay. Mike Myers Sorry. plays a slam poet. It's awesome. Uh, Nancy Travis. Okay. Uh, so he looks down at you and she says, it's interesting that the, the elf is the one who takes the initiative here. You might speak true, elf. Dwarves do have generosity of heart and spirit. Perhaps we have already given you it, for we have allowed you into these holes despite your insolence. We have offered you shelter for the night as well. This, I would argue, is generosity. 
But if there is more that you expect from me, I think you fools. All right, so that's one success. I did the best I could, guys. You're on your own from here. Dude, man, you brought it. You can... Oh. Uh, can I do a courtesy roll? So, like, uh, what do you more do so it? in the sense of just, like, it appears we might have gotten off on the wrong foot and I do apologize. Please allow me to make introductions. Uh etc. I think that and makes the, perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Courtesy makes good. Remember minus two to all your rolls. One yeah. because of Floyd's I was hoping to counteract because that. they're reluctant. Can I uh do a distinctive feature true hearted? Uh, if you think this is a, do you think this is applying true-hearted? Do you think this is this is applying true-hearted here? Uh, maybe no, maybe not. <laughs> oh, I don't even maybe say not. no. You just I talked just her out. I just asked the question. Well, and she I am folds. being very sincere, so yes, I do think so. Is it sincerity though? Okay, all right. Your words and actions show your honest intentions. Okay, sure, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so courtesy Spend a hope. and. Spend my get home. your, get your two, and then. But I don't even do anything on the thing. So it's going to cancel each other out. Yeah, it's a little yes, yeah. penalty. Okay, and your roll is just like normal. And then can I take a die from an audience? Yep. Yeah, I think those expired. I don't understand. Uh, it won't let me add a dice <laughs> on the sheet. Griffin, there they are. They are still in fact living. They are trying to convince a very stern and angry uh, dwarven lord uh, to let them have access to their lore master despite the fact that Floyd's family her, his clan is is very rude and uh, disrespectful towards these these halls it wouldn't let me add my extra dice so i rolled it separately. no worries okay got a success there, that's yeah. okay chip chip chipping away it's fine so what is it you say uh, pretty much just that, Gilly. You know, okay. uh, I apologize. Uh, it appears we may have gotten wrong on the wrong foot. Uh, and she does like a polite bow. And uh, my name is Gilly Kettlegrass. These are, and she goes to everybody. Uh, and we are intruding upon your wonderful home because we do seek audience with your brother. As a scholar myself, I would vastly enjoy sharing information with him. He all kind of, he looks, you can see he looks down at you and he says, Your apologies accepted, little one. I am surprised that the only form of courtesy in this party comes from the smallest of, of all of you. There are some amongst you that I believe should have led with this, perhaps. We accept your apology, at least for your behavior here. But there will be more than mere words to make up for the very ills that this one's family has done towards us. Who's next? <laughs> um, trying to... Trying to think of a way to use 
and hearten. And what um, if you concluded? I think our our aims are aligned. Um, if you were to allow us access to the lore master to help find a solution to what seems to be ailing our companion, this will also bring an end to these nighttime disturbances that you have been reporting here. So this would be a benefit to all of us, in fact. Go ahead and roll it. I'm also going to take a dice. So mm-hmm. it'll be a minus, minus one two. Then. So total of minus one. Okay. Yeah. Imagine if he had failed that opening roll and you would have had a small resist. Like, oh man, this could be. Yeah, it would have been awful. I'm still not feeling particularly. Uh, Mechanically, we're at four for best. resistance and seven for seven turns left. Okay. Oh. Okay. It was close. All right. That was close, but not not quite. At least no Ayasauron. Hmm. So if we uh you are threatening us, you're holding our very dreams hostage by your presence here. If we are not going to be accepting of you and sharing our ales and our meat with you, we will continue to have trouble sleeping in the eve. It's very foolish there, human. Who's next? <laughs> Getting closer now. Reniel just kind of looks at Floyd. I think he hasn't gone yet this round. <laughs> He's the reason you're in this mess to begin with. Well, he's like, I didn't want to come here. Why are we here? <laughs> yep. You're going to sabotage on purpose. Oh, let's see. Lord Majolin and Council. I may be the youngest of the family in Gladrock. And it has been a while since I've visited these halls. But I can't help but notice it thinning a bit. Oh, I, shit, son. I, may, I may be naive to my family's doings, but this ailment on me must be solved before I can correct what wrong is they've done. What are you thinking, skill-wise? <laughs> My battle axe? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and you throw the axe. <laughs> he catches it with one and will think. Uh, Do nicely. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it sounded like persuade to me. Like, felt like you were trying to persuade him okay. with like, the logic of, like, you know... And don't forget, you someone can tap into Balan too and get an extra die, and he can kind of reinforce your argument with his own reputation. Yeah, you're the last person. Yeah, can I tap into my brethren, Balan here? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no one's done it yet, so um, yeah, and he'll he'll pipe up and he'll be like, "My lords, uh, what 
What Master Floy speaks is true. He is an adventurer of sorts. He is not responsible for whatever trade policy disagreements that you and the halls of Gladrock might have have, have transpired between your peoples. Uh, he is a, a wanderer at heart. He, he he journeys across the across the world, doing this and that, and he is helping to put right where it once was wrong and trying to just do the right thing. Kind of like goes on and on and on. Um, go ahead and take your take a penalty. You can take a take minus two penalty plus, but wow. you get the one back from him, so it'll only be a minus one. Would you like an audience d six? Bring it back to even. Yeah, can I type in proud still? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. so. You're mentioning your family and everything. I think that's seems right. Yes, great success. There you Yay. go. Okay. Uh, so that's going to bring it down to two. Okay, so we got two on resistance and five time limit left. So he says, uh, an adventurer, such is the way of the fortunate of the family. I have not been such fortunate. My older brother, Tori, our older brother, Tori, and you can see all of them kind of advert their eyes. He was a similar adventurous spirit. My older brother shirked his responsibilities as the eldest to go off treasure hunting, exploring the Misty Mountains many, many, many years ago. And I have... Been required to take up what should have been his duty and ensure the family businesses. So, I suppose I, on the one hand, understand that someone who is barely within the halls of his family is unlikely to know the goings on of that family. But I will not sit here. And listen to you say that I should feel sorry for him or I in any way should afford him some sort of additional respect because he chooses to live a life of frivolity rather than a life of duty. Uh, who is next? How many more successes do we need? Uh, two, and there's a time limit of five. So this is the fifth one. This is our last chance. You have no, five more chances to get five two more chances. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. You did very well on the introductory roll, which which increased your time limit. So you have multiple chances. When um, we first came in here, did we hear or see Hajalan? What was that interaction? They, we heard them He's saying, like, if they here, could right? find him. Like, yeah, they okay. kind of made a comment about, like, you know, if we could even find you, him. You know he's very eccentric. You know, he kind of, he's a he's considered a weird dude, kind of like a, a loner type, something. He's He's got weird obsessions. So he kind of isn't necessarily a part of like the main family. You don't even see a, a place for him up here. You just see the four uh, seats on either side of the main chair for the Lord Majolin. 
I can't even do Elven skill anymore because I'm miserable, guys. So if you yes. have options, you want to save me for last. I could do a <laughs> lore roll. So I, I don't. I've I've come to the point where I don't really like doing lore rolls for this. I think song or riddle is better. Okay. Lore is just having knowledge. Riddle and song to me is applying that knowledge, which is what's actually happening here. So I would lean Got towards it. one of those other two instead. So what are we thinking? I think I might want to do uh I want to do an awe. I'm thinking basically kind of like what we have been up to and how important Floyd has been and how important Floyd will be to everything that we're doing. And so, you know, kind of that kind of theme of we are trying to do things that are helping out everyone. And so mm-hmm. we're happy to do it. But if there's something that's hindering our ability to do what we're trying to do, then we would request the assistance of others to. Gotcha. Griffin, thank you so much for those bits, even though they will in fact help the players, which I am not in favor of that. Uh, but Griffin has replenished you all with some, uh, with some bonus dice. You can tap thank into. you, buddy. Thank very, you very kind of you. Thank you. Thank very you. kind for them. Uh, I <laughs> didn't really get help, but you know, that's cool. That's in our other game, the amount Just of organized <laughs> complications that we've got. The game, produce the stream, pretty much do everything. I actually think here, you still have fine. two. Yeah, when you I do checked still my have notes, two. you still have two left over. Well, a Balrog comes up out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, our council is at minus five instead of minus two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh. I like this. This makes sense, especially off the heels of him saying he's living a life of, you know, frivolity mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not just, you know, maybe you're arguing that he's not just like gallivanting around the world. He's, he's doing good sh- deeds. Like, yes, he's, he's exploring, but he might not be helping the halls of the dwarves and such, but he's helping other people. Maybe that's what you're referring to his deeds in Coombe, you know, yeah. where he helped them out or the deeds in Eskerdale, you know, where he helped save them from you know, this, your, your own people, the Dunedain, where he helped save this. Like he's been, I mean, a superhero of sorts. Okay. I like this. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll it up. Okay. So I, t- I will take three of those D6s to Jeez, negate into the minus right two and add one on. Okay. This is what Melissa does with my get my paycheck too. That's just that's a joke. <laughs> that's, it's not true. Oh no! Oh no! That is oh, both a yeah. failure. Well, okay. it, I rolled it at excited. the two. Never mind. But it's still a failure. Okay. Uh, and they say, and they turns to you like all of those adventures sound very impressive and i am sure the people of those lands owe floy a debt of gratitude but while he was off helping the farmers of Coombe and the hunters of Eskadale, there were people of Harmelt and Gladrock and other halls across the blue mountains that were left undefended 
He could have found just as many heroic tasks here to perform, and he could have done it for the people who helped to raise him up from a wee lad. Okay. Two resistance still. Four chances left. Failure will... Basic failure will result in you do not have access to the lore master, and you will have to find another route. If it gets worse, meaning like there are ways where this could go very bad, uh, like if you get a really bad complication or something like that, then it could be even worse. You could be in prison. You could be brought up on charges or something. Who knows? What would you like to do? <laughs> yeah, if you would never put Erebon in a cage. <laughs> uh, I mean, I already did. So. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Gilly, are you decent with song? No. What about Riddle? I have two pips in it, but it's not favored. It's something. And it's low. You only need two successes. Great success and boom, this stuff's over. See, Griffin's cheering you on. Come on, Gilly. (laughs) Two pips and a D12 is like 13.5 on average. And mm. we've got plenty of extras. So, you And can... then there's the chance of Sauron or Gandalf. That's the danger of rolling an ill-favored is getting that ISL run. I know. I don't want that. Um, I will say again, the by the way, one, one of the reasons this is in such a bad state is because I'm actually tapping into a uh, a revelation that comes like a revelation episode that comes from the eye of awareness that I have like the, the that going too high because it has gone very high because anytime you all accrue shadow points, anytime you all roll eyes of Sauron, that that meter goes up. And then once it hits a certain threshold, I'm allowed to throw in like this revelatory episode. And one of the examples is that like, you know, the difficulty of a, of a of an upcoming council is even harder than it's supposed to be, which is why this is not just a simple, hey, can we t- we talk to your brother? This is why this is actually much more difficult. So, mm-hmm. and then you add on the fact like the weird stuff that's happening with Floyd, it's becoming more and more difficult for you all to kind of like win over potential allies and such. Even those you would think would be much easier to, to deal with. I'm stalling here, trying to get the players uh, to talk so that there isn't dead air. Because Melissa knows. I don't know what I can do. There's two what things I, I hate. Do? Heat and dead air. Those are the two things. You're in both today. right now. Sorry. In both right now. You know, when you put like one of your nameless monsters in front of us, we know what to do. We can go at it. We'll we'll mm-hmm. fight it. One of us might go down, but it's fine. You give us a council and give suddenly an we fall you guys apart. in a courtroom. What? Any type of way. And I immediately fold. I'm like, I don't know how to fucking argue with people. I'd like um, to, we can help you out. Let's go ahead, Floyd. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in some riddle here myself then. Maybe okay. maybe I'll wonder like what's going on with their halls. Like what's causing this uh okay. low income sort of deal. Maybe it's the bandits, the oathbreakers, maybe something's going on. Maybe mm-hmm. it's everything all around, like even the great evil that we've been researching. Maybe they're just not friendly enough to new people. And that discourages trade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Floy, are you using any uh, audience dice? 
Remember, See, you can always use five audience dice to instead get a favored. Uh, oh, that's pretty Much juicy. We have ten. Use so all ten dice. That's how I. Be- that's how I bait out so many. <laughs> okay, you want to use five um, to get a favored roll on this? Yeah, I'm gonna do Balan too. Okay, you can tap into Balan, so that means Balan's done. So you've tapped him for both rounds now. So Balan's done now. You get one one die from him. You got five dice that you're using to get a favorite on this roll. Yeah. And anything else <laughs> is happening you want to here? Extras for extra d6s? He's going for it all. He's just yeah, this minus all everything. Man. This is the final roll. This is where I'm spending all my hope. Okay, this is it. Right. You're, spending, you're spending your hope? Okay. Whoa, it must be serious. Floyd, right. spend <laughs> hope, everybody. True hope, wow. Everybody's, oh, man. Okay. He's been spending hope, too. I'm just lagging a bit. This could be dice being rolled. Right. Only success. one success. One. Oh, no. That was... Okay. Uh, thank oh, you, Stanley, Stanley, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Uh, go ahead and replenish your stock, you cheaters. Uh, so you you kind of throw out this around, like, what's befall you? You know, you can bring it up, and he's like... Uh, kind of looks down at you all, kind of looks over at the guard and the guard kind of turns and kind of closes the doors to the chamber kind of stands there next to it well Floyd Balin it seems our minds have run dry and while Many of our people, like Balin here, deserted the Blue Mountains, a home that we had kept for generations once the halls of Erebor became free of the dragon that kept it out of our hands. Those who stayed behind were not as fortunate. We weren't awash in the newfound wealth. No, Balin, you look fit as a fiddle. You look healthy, meat on your bones, and I am sure your halls are enameled with all the beautiful and precious metals that Erebor can provide. Those of us who stay true to the Blue Mountains, to the western side of the world, to where our parents raised us and where our grandparents broke the rock for the very halls we stand within. Well, those of us have discovered a very sad truth. The Blue Mountains are running dry. At least our minds are. Some of your families still seems to have the fortune of tapping into good places. Silver and gold, we, however, are not. And our elder brother, who went off to find fortune many years ago, has not returned with that fortune. And so we sit amongst here, and we deal with the elves of Linden, the elves of Grey Havens, and whoever else that we couldn't squeeze out the tiniest penny, penny to continue our infrastructure, to feed our people, and to ensure that we have safety still. That, 
My dear Floyd, is the trouble we have. We have paid our debts and our people. We have purchased the goods that we've needed. With the very layers of gold that once made the halls of Harmont, the greatest halls in the Blue Mountains to behold. So unless you have some magnificently devious scheme to provide us some source of reliable economy to increase our wealth so that we can keep our people fed and clothed, I suggest when my servant here opens those doors, you hustle out and you do so with tight lips. For if our reputation is soiled outside these halls, we will know the source of it. Okay. Uh, Erebon is going to use song again. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's a singer. Uh, he's going to tell what used to be an elven story about an elf who showed up to uh the gray havens and was in dire need they took him in not knowing who he was and it was later revealed that he was uh from a great elven family and he repaid upon them tenfold the kindness that was shown to him except Erebon is changing it so that the whole story is about a dwarf of gladrock gladrock uh so he's gonna imply that if you know, Floy is helped, then the help will be repaid tenfold. Are you and telling I'm going a to lie? Use, yes. Deception? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use four audience dice here. Okay. You have plenty if you want advantage, if you need advantage. Uh, I think this. we only need one more success. I, I think I can do it with just four audience okay. dice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how many more should I need? Roll them <laughs> dice, buddy. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, thank you, audience. You're fantastic. Just oh, one success. Just enough, man. You guys really <laughs> succeeded on this. Oh, man. Barely, actually. Have, getting dicey. Without the audience, the audience, there's no way. No way. No, no way. way. At this rate. You can see that some of them kind of exchange looks. A few of them, actually, you can see they almost like kind of hang their heads a little bit in shame, like at this story, kind of feeling bad about this. And eventually that kind of stern, almost stone chiseled face of Majolin, finally, you finally see a bit of softening. And you let you see him let out a big breath. Master Elf, you come into our halls, intentional or not, you have shamed us. You are not wrong to do so. In truth, we are merely... We are desperate. I will say it plainly. And in our desperation, perhaps we have acted... in a bit of a ill mood. Of course, you can access our brother. We will take you to him. And he kind of turns towards like one of his brothers. Uh, so he turns, we'll say, he turns towards uh, Alden. He's like, Alden, you'll take him. Take them to uh, 
to Hajolan's chambers if he is there. I will save you all. I promise that I can promise nothing. I cannot promise that he will help you. He is a... Eccentric is a, a kind word. I fear that in his desires to see the glory of Harmelt restored, he has taken different tactics to doing so. We look to the present, our neighbors. We look to trade deals and labor unions and such. And he looks to sorceries of the past, legends, stories that are buried in far-off locales, and there are times where he is gone for months at a time, and he returns with nary but barrow dirt beneath his fingernails, and a grim look on his face. We all know that he does this for the good of the family. But he is, in his quest, in his readings, in his searching from runic scribbling to other runic carving, his mind has become addled a bit, which is not to say that beneath that strange exterior there is not brilliance. Our brother is brilliant, and there is no scholar or at least no dwarfish scholar that exists today who has knowledge deeper and broader than Hedrolin. He is not the easiest to converse with. But we will take you to him on one condition. Floy Balin, my cousins, friends, perhaps after today, the halls of Harmelt have hit rough times. And we, just as we are helping you, we do in fact need your help as well. Floy, you are a world traveler. Batlin, you have a network of contacts and people. Both of you. Both of you could provide some service to help us to restore our vaults, to restore our status. Whether it's treasures, whether it's contacts, industry, whatever it might be, we need something. We ask that in return. Not charity, of course. Never that. A trade. We have something you can provide, excuse me, we have something that we can provide you that you need knowledge, access to the foremost dwarfish scholar in the land, and you have something we need as well. Do we have an accord? It is agreed upon. I'll find something. We will find something. And Balin's like, of course I can connect you with plenty of folks. I have... 
several contacts within Dale. I was traveling here with, with toys of Dale, and very good industry, and, and, and there are many things within the halls and the industry of the dwarves that we could possibly... And he kind of starts going on and on, and you can see a few of the others that are in the side tables, that like they, their eyes kind of light up, and it just becomes a sort of like chain reaction of conversation as they start kind of brainstorming these new ideas and things that the Harmelt family could perhaps provide. But eventually... Um, you can see Majolin moves back around from his chair. He's bringing one of the other brothers while Balin and the three other brothers are kind of in conversation now. And he says, um, this is my brother. Alden, he will take you to Jolin. I will speak with Balin here and we will come to agreements that are beneficial to us all. Uh, but know that regardless of what information Jolin is able to provide, you are welcome here as long as you need it. We will find quarters for you all. And we thank you for your patience. And we thank you, Elf, for reminding us who we are. History sometimes is forgotten. But the song you sang, the dwarf you referred to, we will be that sort of person again. Thank you. Of course, you are most welcome. Uh, if I may request one small thing in payment, the last halls we were at, the bed that we were assigned was rather short. Would you perhaps have one longer? No. Uh, however, we will find something that will serve. We have textiles. Much thanks. We could put together some sort of mattress for you, of course, Master. Perhaps some extra pillows, anything. Don't push it. I am kidding, of <laughs> course. Yes, yes, indeed. You have my thanks. So you guys are taken on this sort of winding, circuitous route through these almost dizzying array of tunnels, this network, lefts and rights. It's like if you didn't know this place, you would get lost. And you feel yourselves descending. It's getting darker. It's getting less populated. You're passing by dwarves as you go, but eventually fewer and fewer people see that the walls get more stone, less kind of metal and adornment. No longer are some of the sconces even lit. You can see at one point, Alden just takes a torch off the wall and he continues to wind and turn. And even a few times, it looks like he kind of gets lost and... He starts down one way and he's like, nah, 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 that's, that's not right. Nah, it's this way. Yeah. Yes, it's this way. Uh, always follow your nose. And he kind of takes you in this different direction. And eventually you come to these extraordinarily ornate doors, but they're carved in stone. Like you can tell it's not like it's not the beautiful kind of gold plated doors that you saw or the walls were kind of near the, the main halls. And he kind of, if you if be so kind, and like you all kind of help him push and just as these doors kind of open up and this stench kind of wafts up and he kind of holds up what looks like this torch around and you're in some kind of library. You can see rows and rows and rows of like these tall shelves. There are books there are what looks like huge empty spaces where probably treasures used to be that have probably been sold off. You can see that there's like 
equipment, swords and axes, and there's armors and things that are probably much similar to Floyd when you go to your vault here and there. But mostly what you're seeing here is like a collection of like this array of, of, of other books and, and things, um, tablets. And he kind of leads you back uh, through a couple of these rows until you find this fairly long, low-to-the-ground desk carved from stone, beautiful rune crafts in it. And you can see it from a distance because it's so large. And there's a light, a very large lantern that seems to be sit atop it. And you kind of hear a voice as you get closer, a conversation happening. No, 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 that's, that's, that's not it. I don't know. No. Hmm. How interesting. Oh, oh, gee. What do you think, Tori? Do you, do you think this? Hmm. No, no, that can't be right. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, which one of us is the lawman? You are no. Hmm. I will not hear that kind of tone from you. And as, as you get a little closer, you see this kind of blonde and white-haired dwarf. Hair exploding out in different directions. No signs of braids at all. No comb, just tangle upon tangle. You see a very pale skin and a swath of what looks like, you think, ink or soot across the forehead. And you see this stack of, of books all around and scrolls. And he is climbed up atop and he's kind of like on hands and knees, kind of just reading. He's got no shoes on, this, these big dwarvish feet sticking out behind him over the ledge of the table. And as you get close, he, he's, you realize who he's talking to. He's turning. And on the table next to him, propped up on some sort of what looks like a, a stone pedestal, very small, there is a, a stained skull. And he turns and he says, no, Tori, I don't want to hear and <gasps> Oh, oh, shh, we have guests. And that's where we're going to end uh, this week's session. Hey. Ah. Right. But I want to talk to the skull, too. So close. That was a right. really tough counsel. It was a very tough counsel. Yeah, counsel. that was that rough. Was. Without well, the though. audience, yeah. Audience bailed you guys out. Again, we need a talker in this group. <laughs> you need a it's well, me, I mean, you I'm guys have talkers, you just you need a good talker. <laughs> yeah, it's not where our skill on me. Erevan does talk too much and it gets him in trouble. All right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Gilly will mother you until you have manners. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's it for tonight. Uh, thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you to those of you who yes. threw up some bits. Lots of you threw up bits. Griffin, Stanley, thank you so, so much. Very much mm -hmm. uh, appreciate all of the support you all are throwing out towards us. Uh, those of you who have subbed tonight, God, it looks like we got a couple of new followers as well. We really, really appreciate it. Those of you who are watching this later on VOD, uh, who are watching this on YouTube, uh, we uh, we definitely love the fact that people are enjoying the story and that they're actually uh, getting into you know all of the the the, the one ring uh, adventures that uh, this uh, this fellowship is on. So we greatly appreciate it. Um, what else do we have coming up? Uh, Monday we'll be doing Deadlands. Uh, yep. So you can catch Melissa and I in that next Friday. Uh, we'll be doing Hunter the Reckoning again. Uh, so you can mm -hmm. catch everyone here, but Steven in that game. 
Uh, and then next Saturday, we'll be back for more One Ring. And we'll actually talk to this guy and see if they can figure out how to help Floy uh, and what's actually going on. Yes, uh, please. We need Floy. So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to go ahead and raid our friends over at Dragons in the Dining Room who are playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so if you would be so kind as to click that raid button when it pops up, we can kind of carry it and pay it forward and make sure that uh, you get some other cool TTRPG stuff to watch as well. Uh, thank you to everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Have a good rest of your weekends. <laughs>